Hey, Franks. It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to introduce the last podcast of 2021. What a year it has been. Matt and I reminisce on it. On this episode, a rabbit hole recap, rip 180 of the show. We've been doing it for quite a while. Thank you, Freaks, for joining us. Thank you for contributing in many ways, whether it be via podcasting 2.0, via emails after the shows have been posted, or via participating in the live chat. We love all y'all. We can't wait to... I added some tequila during this rip. We cannot wait to keep it going in the 2022 and beyond. This is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App, so we stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets, if you so please. And make it very easy. You don't have to stack a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to stack a fraction of Bitcoin. Cash App makes it so you can stack whole sats. Instead, you can DCA in the sats. You can send sats, receive sats, sell sats, if you so please. On top of that, Cash App can be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers. You can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, make sure you use the code stacking sats when you do so. You're going to get $10. $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. This rope was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital, who's here to be a partner. They're not a faceless app. They're not a faceless company. They're here to be a partner and help you secure your generational wealth. They don't just want to work with you. They want to work with your children, your grandchildren, and your descendants beyond that. And they have a great collaborative custody model that's going to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. If you have your your coins on an exchange, you really don't own those coins, a third-party risk via the exchange is a single point of failure. You can get rug pulled there. If you have all of your Bitcoin on a single SIG wallet, uh, that is a single point of failure as well. That wallet gets stolen. That backup seed gets destroyed. Both those happen. You're shit out of luck. It's a single point of failure. Unchained has a collaborative custody model and a special deal for you freaks. Uh, it's going to take you from zero to having a two or three multi-sig volt set up with a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in it. Uh, if you tell them the TFTC sent, you're going to get $50 off this package. The package includes multiple video conference calls. They're going to get you comfortable with multi-sig, get you comfortable with their Volt product in particular, uh, get you hardware wallets, get everything set up the way it works. It's a two or three multi-sig. You hold two keys. Unchained holds one. You always have complete control over your Bitcoin. You can move them. If you have your two keys, you're able to sign them. But if you're ever in a pinch, you only have one key. Unchained is there to be the second in the two or three multi-sig quorum. Uh, again, they have a special package for you freaks. It's going to take you from zero to having a vault set up with a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in it. Tell them the TFTC sent you <laughs> and you're going to get $50 off that package. They have an incredible blog as well. Go check out everything they have to offer at unchained.com. This trip is also brought to you by our good friends at Brains. Brains. Brains with two eyes, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com is their website, but they offer incredible products as well. They're the team behind Slush Pool, which is the oldest mining pool in Bitcoin, in the history of Bitcoin. They've been around since 2010. They've mined over 1.25 million Bitcoins since they launched. Uh, and they also have this Brains OS Plus auto-tuning firmware, which is pretty cool. If you download it on a compatible ASIC, it's going to help you stack more sats with your hash. It's going to find the higher frequency chips in that ASIC and focus all the energy on those, not all of it, but a lot of it on those higher frequency uh, chips so that you can stack more hash and therefore stack more sats with that ASIC. If you have an ASIC that is compatible with Brains OS Plus and you're not running it, you are leaving sats on the table. They also have insights.brains.com. Again, that's B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Insights.brains.com 
is a one-stop shop for all the stats and data and calculators that you need in your mining operation. So you go to insights.brains.com. You're going to see a bunch of data. It's going to help you predict profitability and cost of mine of Bitcoin and all that stuff. Go check it out. They have an incredible blog. Go check everything out at brains.com. This rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Compass Mining. Compass Mining is here to get more individuals into the mining space. You go to compassmining.io and you can buy an ASIC and have it sent to your house. And then Compass has an at-home mining team that's going to basically walk you through the steps of what you need to do to get your house set up to plug that ASIC in and start mining. Uh, it's not straightforward. You need specific electrical infrastructure set up to plug it in in the first place. And then once you have it plugged in, you have to be able to get into your miner, find the IP address, connect it to a pool so that you can have Satstream to a wallet of your choice. Beyond that, they have an incredible media team as well. Zach Bull and Will Foxley are doing incredible things with the newsletter and the podcast they have there. And they're moving to Austin. They're going to blow it up in 2022. They're going to have a big podcasting studio focused on mining industry news, uh, happenings, whatever it may be. They're blowing it up in 2022. Go to compassmining.io, get some ASICs, plug them into your house, participate in the home mining revolution. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at HODL. HODL, HODL, HODL is here to bring you a lending platform that leverages Bitcoin's native properties, properties, no KYC, no AML. You put your Bitcoin up in collateral in a two or three multi-sig. You hold one key. Your counterparty in the uh, the, lo- the loan holds a key and HODL HODL holds the third key. Uh, so you put your Bitcoin up as collateral. You get stablecoin liquidity by from your counterparty. Uh, and as long as you're paying that loan back plus the interest, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the loan. Uh, this is beautiful, again, because it's a two or three multi-sig and you hold one of the keys, you can uh, have visibility into the wallet and make sure that your sats are not being rehypothecated. So you have certainty that if you're paying that loan back, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. If you are a stablecoin user and you want to get yield on those stablecoins, lend.hodlhodl.com is a great way to do this. You enter the other side of that market, you put your stablecoins up to be lent out and you get uh, what you put up to be lent out plus interest back on that loan. So go check all this out at lend.hodlhodl.com and enjoy the last rip of 2021. What a year. 2022 is going to be more hopeful. Love you, freaks. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Woo doggy. Here we are, Matthew. Last RHR. So you said you were going sober. I didn't say that on air, though. Now you're putting me on the spot. Oh, did you? Was it not part of the interview? It no, before. it wasn't. It was before, uh, but now you're like making me <laughs> <laughs> look like a degenerate. I figured last RHR of the year, I was going to come in with like this nice, beautiful <laughs> intro for the, the last rip of the year. And you just come in like, are you an alcoholic? I didn't say that. <laughs> you, um, you, was, you insinuated it. Okay. There's an insinuation in that question. With that I, um, being said, what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm going to make myself a, a ranch water. Uh, oh, was that mezcal or tequila? Tequila, Casamigos tequila, uh, George Clooney. Shout out. Uh, I've been yeah. like 
George Clooney on the mind this week. I watched Michael Clayton for the first time this week, and I wound up watching it twice. Incredible movie. Have you seen it? Uh, no. But Good I thriller. Will, considering you watched it two days in a row. It's a, a, a big... Good movie. I was home last week in Philadelphia for the holidays. Obviously, I was uh, down the shore as well. One of my uh, best friends from growing up happened to be down the shore, living two de- doors down from me. Uh, and after RHR, I had him over for dinner. He's a film buff, and he uh, he's the one who actually pushed me into watching it. He was like, you haven't seen Michael Clayton. You have to watch it. And so my wife and I watched it two nights ago, and I had to watch it again just to make sure I was uh, consuming all the... The second uh, time you watched it by yourself? No, uh, uh, my lady was there as well, but she was falling asleep. She's, uh, she's. So she watched like one and a half times. Yes, yes. Uh, incredible. Should I movie. go get Mezcal now? You can go do whatever you want. You can the, go re- to- the reason I brought it up was because I, I was like, do I, do I drink, do I drink Mezcal or do I go with beer? And I was like, oh, well, Marty's going to be sober for the month, so I'll just, I'll, I'll go lower key with some beer. Yeah, we're, we're gonna end the, end the year with a bang, you know. Like, go and now. I feel like go get some like mezcal. You up to me. Go get some mezcal. Go get some mezcal. Did we start with mezcal at the beginning of the year? Yeah, you did start. Car saying, Car just did the uh, the year end chop up rip, and he's saying first rip of the year you were drinking mezcal. So it would be very fitting, poetic almost, uh, if you if you ended the year with mezcal as well. Okay, Matt's gonna go get some mezcal. Okay. Speaking of which, uh, back to my friend. My friend and I, we actually wound up getting hammered and recording a three-hour podcast. I was telling Car this last night, so I have a recording on our podcast earlier. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, we talk a lot about film, but we also got into like a serious conversation about uh, the effects, psychological effects, on individuals of of the lockdowns. Like he was saying, like, yeah, it's it's a year that fucked him up. Uh, I'm still, again, I have to go back and listen to the tape to see if we posted on the feed because we were very inebriated and I, I want to make sure it's a quality rep. And I think it was from what I remember. Um, but what I do vividly remember is just him describing uh, the lockdown year and not having connection with our friends and like thinking like at some point towards the end, toward the end, well, we're still like in somewhat of a lockdown, but at some point thinking like, God, like my friends are my friends anymore. Everybody's isolated. We're not talking to each other. It is just... Again, I don't want to harp on this. We want to end the year on the good note, but I think while we're talking about Michael Clayton, why I watched it and making me think of that conversation, it's just really eye-opening to get a perspective from him. Obviously, I've got my wife, my child, and been preoccupied the first year of his life with me, uh, was in lockdowns, but I was preoccupied with raising a child and uh, thinking of my friends uh, who, who aren't married and don't have children and what that was like for them living single in apartments by themselves. It's Fuck people up, man. You, you didn't hear any of that, Matt. It definitely did fuck people up. I yeah. did not hear anything except the, the last part. Yeah. Um, no, this one doesn't have a bottle pop. It's, it's got a... What, what is that called? This is... Uh, it's from Texas. Mm. This is Texas story. Oh, no, it's from Mexico. Where is it from? Well, thank you for humoring me. Cheers to the new year. Cheers to the new year. Or cheers to the end of the year. 2021 is almost over, freaks. What a year it's been. We're going to do a year in review after we get through our list. Short list today. Uh, Thank you, freaks, for joining us. It's always always nice doing a retrospective on on the year it was. Again, we're going to get to that. 
Uh, we're not going to get too mushy to begin with. We'll end with the mushiness and we'll begin as we always do with Clark's dashboard. Currently, the price of Bitcoin according to Clark's dashboard is 47,875 cuck bucks. One cuck buck is going to get you 2,089 sats. It's getting late in, uh, in, <laughs> in Moscow. 905.6 billion cuck bucks is what the current market capitalization of Bitcoin is. We are block height six, excuse me, 716,427. There are 78,010,626 UTXOs. Speaking of which, uh, Jameson Lop tweeted something else it's on the list, but I saw, I'm a little dismayed, not dismayed, but a little disappointed in Bitcoiners out there. Uh, the, the amount of reusable addresses in the UTXO set is going up. Uh, it seems that, uh, that that number was falling for a number of years for some reason in the last few months, three, six odd months, that uh, the number of reused addresses is going up. That's uh, not good freaks. Do not reuse addresses. That's bad for privacy. Uh, you, you want to make sure that you're uh, using a new address uh, if if you're now I'm just thinking like am I contradicting myself like we want to keep the UTXO set small but we're saying don't reuse addresses well there's still there'll be multi multiple UX UTXOs and then address yeah off. reusing addresses doesn't doesn't help uh, that at all all right so you still would need to consolidate with the same reused address anyway yeah so you you'd still need a, you can have multiple UTXOs in the same address so the only I don't like speaking in absolutes the only kind of one of the few times it's reasonable to reuse addresses is if you're accepting donations publicly, you don't want to run a full BTC pay server um, until we have Bolt 12. Uh, you can just like post uh, an address, right? We see like people like Navalny, uh, the, the Russian opposition leader, he has a reused donation address. We see that a lot. Um, obviously, it'd be nice if we could get to a point where it's practical to just do it on lightning with a bulb 12 invoice uh, that's reusable and, and you don't have to expose your pub key. You don't have to reuse an address, but until then kind of makes sense. You can also PGP sign it really easily. Like I was talking to Daniel McKay, uh, the lead maintainer of uh, graphene. And he didn't like that the possibility of a man in the middle attack if he's running a BTC pay server, but with a fixed, uh, reused address, he can just PGP sign it and everyone knows that that's his address and, and there's no man in the middle attack there. Uh, we had Neil... Uh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why couldn't you PGP sign multiple addresses in the same XPUB? You could, and that's what uh, Chris Belcher does. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to donate to his coin swap uh, project, uh, he basically did, like, uh, he made a script to just massively sign uh addresses on his uh, in his xpub and then every time you go it generates a new address that's pgp signed but that's obviously more work for someone who's accepting donations right mm -hmm. um and like when those run out because every single time you go to the site it generates a new one when those run out he's got to do it again and do it again and do it again right um, and then the other thing is, uh, Ronan Miner Neil mentioned mining payouts, but really like you, you probably should, uh, unfortunately slush pool doesn't let you automate this. Uh, they have like, you put a payout address and then you can pick a threshold or a time threshold where it pays you out to that address. So you have to manually go in and change it, but you, you, you should manually go and change that. Yes. Yes. I don't think that's really an excuse, Neil. Neil, 
No excuses, sir. Just because you're drunk off White Claws doesn't mean you should be uh, skimping on, on address recycling. Okay, please, for the network, for your security, for your privacy, think about it. Stop drinking White Claws. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say stop drinking White Claws, but just take it into consideration. Back to the dashboard. Can't take the White Claws from Neil. According, according to Clark's dashboard, there are 14,602 reachable Bitcoin nodes on the network right now. It's a good amount. Uh, there are 7,432 Tor nodes. Ooh, we're approaching 700 million all-time transactions. We're at 699,43,848. Less than a million away from 700 million. There's no significance of that other than there have been 700 million transactions all time, which means there's a lot of demand on the Bitcoin network. We are 1,269 nice blocks away from the next difficult to retarget, which is estimated to be on January 8th, 2022, next year. See you next year, difficulty adjustment. Uh, right now, it's currently <laughs> currently uh, uh, estimated to be a negative 4.2% adjustment, a downward adjustment. Uh, that is because blocks are coming in at 10 minutes and 27 seconds uh, on average, since the last retarget, uh, block subsidy value is even right now, $299,000. It's just a subsidy. It depends what you can get more than that with the rewards as well. There are currently 30,640, or excuse me, 56 that changed uh, transactions in Clark's dashboard, or excuse me, Clark's mempool. Uh, as described by Clark's dashboard, uh, one set per byte transactions are going through. So save your... Save uh, some sats on those fees if you're willing to wait a bit. And we're going into the weekend, so demand for block space should fall as well if uh, historical patterns keep repeating. And that's it. That's it for the dashboard right now. Anything you want to point Congrats, out? Congrats, Neil, on your sober month. He's had a sober month? Yeah, that's what he said in the comments. But then he also said he's going to drink tomorrow. Hey, congrats. Congrats. Sober December. Never, like, Neil, uh, there's like a middle ground, you know, like not 15 white claws during a dispatch, but also not sober, I feel like. But cheers, cheers to you. Cheers to you, Neil. Thank you for coming back. Thank you to Live Chat for joining us. Thank you to our, our freaks who are listening on podcasting 2.0 apps and, and streaming us sats. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Fountain App, which is one of our favorites. Disclaimer, I'm personally invested in Fountain App. Uh, they had their, um, their year in review top podcasts that were... Uh, contributed to via podcasting 2.0. TFTC came in third. Citadel Dispatch fifth. Yes, sir. Three and five. Let's fucking go, boys. Let's fucking girls do it. And ladies. And, and, the, and Matt and I actually had this discussion yesterday, like how viable is podcasting 2.0 as the main monetize, monetization path. Uh, so talk business on air again. Uh, in the future, and just Chad Farrow, who shared his screenshot, he has contributed 80,000 sats to... TFTC, and I believe it was like 62,000. It was just like us and Adam Curry. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it was three one. Adam Curry pods and then our two pods. Yeah. And it's, uh, so that's 80,000, 62,000 respectively, respectfully one user. So right now that's what, uh, sets per dollar is around 2,000. So that's $40 to TFTC, $30 to dispatch. If we have thousands of you, I mean, if you can scale that, it could potentially, if, if more and more people use podcasting 2.0, uh, that could be a significant monetization for these shows. So we thank you for everybody participating uh, in the and, value for value model. And a huge thank you to Fountain. I mean, 
between Fountain and Breeze, uh, you actually have very user-friendly podcasting 2.0 apps, right? Which is, I, I think that's the key. I think people want to, I think people want to support uh, content they enjoy. Uh, I think it's, it's a question of reducing the friction as much as possible. And, and both Fountain and Breeze did a really good job with it. Uh, love to see it. Yeah. I, I look forward to uh, this next year of development on that front. Yeah. So if you guys want to support the show, if you want us to dump the ads, uh, contributing via the po- podcasting 2.0 model uh, helps us do that. But with that being said, um, we, with the advertising model, we are going to try and bring you advertisers that, uh, that, that we value. Um, and want to talk about compass. Yeah. It's the last, today's the last compass run. Um, Matt's happy about it. Very happy. I'm happy about it. Business on air. I mean, (laughs) again, I I will stand by my perspective. I think they're having scaling issues. I don't want freaks to get, um, to get screwed over. It seems that some are with delays for their South Carolina facility. Again, the at-home mining, if you buy a miner, it'll get sent to you. Um, and I, I think that's one thing we haven't disclosed is Compass wanted us to, to come on early on. And we said, no, we're, we, we want to see you develop a track record before we feel comfortable advertising. And so that's, we did feel comfortable. They had established a track record that we were, uh, comfortable with to, to bring them on, uh, originally. And now they're having hiccups again. I think it's scaling issues, but uh, they, until they're solved, um, we're going to wait to re-up. Well, specifically that South Carolina uh, facility. And that they got rug pulled. And then what was it? It was 6,000 users were displaced as a result. And now they're at less than 700 users to place somewhere. And those 700 users are going to have a free year of hosting. Well, it's not even, they didn't even get rug pulled by the facility. The facility just, again, supply chain issues that... Uh, many people in the mining industry are experiencing, particularly around like transformers and building out substations have delayed the build out of that facility. Um, particularly, but yeah, they're working through it. And just the whole idea of like ASIC pre-orders is just like a horrible, like people shouldn't be doing ASIC pre-orders period. Well, I mean, yeah, I would say I go, having experience in the mining industry, like I would push back on that. Like they make sense. They're, they're good. They're actually good uh, investments, uh, especially if you can get... If you get the ASICs and you actually get online, yeah, but you're well, taking that additional risk. You're taking that additional... Like even waiting like three weeks for ASICs fucking is scary shit. Yeah, but uh, the, the four... Like, and I've had conversations with other miners. There's a lot of conflicting views in the like industrial mining industry as well. Like, what is it good? Like... You, uh, you pre-order ASICs, there is risk to it, but there's also potential reward too, especially if more hash rate comes on the network, um, if Bitcoin value goes up, not even if, excuse It's me. a leverage play. Yeah, so like you could get the ASICs delivered and you pay a discount for them in the past and then once you finally get them delivered, if you can't plug them in, in a lot of cases, the, the value of that ASIC has increased, so you've essentially made a good investment in the hardware if you can't plug it in, you're going to get your investment back plus some profit. Ideally, you want to plug it in. Stay humble. Don't pre-order ASICs. <laughs> well, uh, again, industrial miners, which... Eh, see, make, Look, eh. People can do whatever they want. I'm just... I would never pre-order ASICs. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah, de- well, again, it depends on your scale, right? Depends on your scale. 
There's a nuance. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're there's like, nuance like, to all this. That's what I was saying. You saw Marathon like pre-ordered like 10 exahash of basics. Yeah. I wonder if that was like an account. Like, uh, I hope they get wrecked. <laughs> I, uh, I cannot comment due to uh, the nature of my involvement in the publicly traded mining space. And I would just say, uh, while we're on the topic, um, mining at home is way easier than you think it is. Consider Citadel Dispatch 31, where we go over the whole getting started with home mining uh, rather than going the hosted mining route. It's incredibly rewarding if you do it. Yes. And we'll say, like, we're doing a little mining operation on the side here. Are we okay talking about this business online? We can if you want. Yeah, but like, we've just like in our own thing, like, we've experienced delays too with some of the infrastructure that we're we're building. We're supposed to have stuff delivered mid November that we're still waiting on. yeah. yeah, but we knew it was never going to come in November. Yeah, but it's just like again, like a, it's it's not something that is specific to the compass. Like it's a it's an a, a endemic problem too, the mining industry. Yeah, but they had like those plans where it was like six months, and then like you'd get one miner a month or whatever at one point. I think they got rid of those plans. Yeah, it's probably not. Uh, that seemed like not a wise, uh, too much forward th- risk there. Um, yeah. A lot of uncertainty. Well, I think what we're trying to get, there's a lot of uncertainty in the mining industry. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, there's a lot of good people at Compass. I mean, Big Kahuna, our boy, just joined them. Um, he left, I, he left Brains? I, yeah, he left Brains. I hope they, uh, I hope they get their act together. Um, I oh. hope people get their miners online. But I will say, if we're going to talk about a 2021 year in review, um, my single biggest regret was having them as a sponsor and seeing plebs get fucked. Yeah. Uh, I really hated to see it. I lost lots of sleep over the last four months um, as a result. And um, yeah, here's to a better 2022. Here's to a better, hey, we will be upfront with these conversations with you. And with that being said, like, again, I do, there are a lot of great people working in Compass. I do. I think a lot of it was growing pains. You know, Coinciding with supply chain issues that uh, are out. I'm a little bit of greed. Eh, maybe, maybe greed was involved too. Um, we'll see. But freaks, let's get to the list. You don't have to expound upon this too much. And yeah, lessons learned. We try to be upfront here. We try to align with people that we think you guys will like, and that will bring you a lot of value. Um, now I'm drinking way. both beer and mezcal. So it's a weird mix. Your farts. God bless your wife. I know, but it's it's open. God bless your wife. So like, what am I supposed to do? John Daly had some good uh, hangover advice earlier this week. Uh, golf talk. TFTC golf co- golf talk. Um, really good advice. Just stick to one one alcohol the whole day. You won't get hungover. He said <laughs> he hasn't. America's <laughs> favorite alcoholic. He said he hasn't have. Had a hunger hangover in uh, decades because he just. Do you know picked. what a John Daly is? The drink. Yeah, it's an Arnold Palmer with vodka. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love that. It's one of my favorite golf facts. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a great drink too. Two yeah. different breeds of golfers, right there. Yeah, I uh, was actually speaking of that. Like uh, speaking of my father in law, that was his gift to me for Christmas was uh, uh, Arnold Palmer's or no, it was Jack Nicholas's book. His like how to golf book, not Arnold Palmer. My bad. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Like, Sorry, golf freaks, for that offense. And, yeah. Six of one and half a dozen in the other Nicholas Arnold Palmer. Different generations, blended generations, you know. Speaking of sports, 
Sports talk on TFTC, Patriots QB. Let's go sports ball. Mac Jones gives Bitcoin to his entire offensive line. I believe he did this Greatest with Swan. Greatest Patriots QB of all time. <laughs> <laughs> he did this with Swan too, right? Uh, Swan. Brady is fucking doing NFTs and uh, Mac Jones is coming in as a real one. Uh, this is actually a really interesting story. Um, We're going to meet the Patriots at Bitcoin 2022. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw this happen internally. Uh, what can you disclose? It was all Mac. Really? You know, Mac Mac reached out to to us at Bitcoin Magazine. Um, there's an, there's an was, Alabama U like mafia thing going on here, right? Yeah. Uh, Bailey is Alabama. Um, there's a bunch of people, uh, a bunch of Alabama alums at, at Bitcoin Mag. And... Um, Mac reached out. He's like, I love Bitcoin. I want to give. So there's like a thing in in, in the NFL where QBs give their offensive line uh, Christmas gifts uh, for protecting them for the whole year. Um, and he's like, I want to give Bitcoin. I love I love Bitcoin. How can I, you know, what's the best way for, for me to do this? And uh, the Bitcoin magazine team reached out to Swan. They, they, they agreed that it was a great idea. Swan has a new program, uh, part of their like white club service. Uh, so each player got, I think if you scroll down car, each player got like this, six. There but they six got million 7.69 million sats, which by the way, I got into, a, there was an internal debate. This didn't make sense was, to me. It didn't break down well, on one whole Bitcoin. Yeah, math. it's one, one Bitcoin divided by 13. Oh, I thought it was seven. No, and because that's... it's him plus his 12 offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And 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 the the agreement was that it was a stronger message that it was one divided by thirteen. I was like, who talks about one thirteenth Bitcoin? You know, but it's a stronger message that is one divided by thirteen rather than seven point six nine million sats. So sats the standard lost uh, this battle. But not only did he give them Bitcoin, he gave them a subscription for a year to Bitcoin Magazine. Look how cool this card is. That's um, so dope. And um, he gave them all tickets to to bitcoin 2022 do you think they show up it dep- I, I guess it depends like what like the spring training schedule is like april preseason uh so yeah. another sponsor of uh, uh bitcoin 2022 april 6th to the 9th in miami gonna be a big event Boom. use the code tftc mid-roll um or use that other code that gets you more off (laughs) but we don't get we don't get money for that no we're not allowed to say um well we we could say uh maybe we'll say later the the i have something interesting on bitcoin 2022 front that we're working on so bitcoin 2022 is four-day event right and it starts with industry day and then you have the two ga days and then you have the first bitcoin powered music festival on the fourth day Mm-hmm. Now, if you do the GA ticket, you get the two GA days and you get um, you get Sound Money Fest. You get the music festival as well, that GA ticket. Now, Industry Day in the past was called Whale Day. Most clubs didn't want to attend. It was, you know, kind of a suits kind of affair. Um, but we are giving the full four-day pass that includes Industry Day to open source developers. And we have the open source conference hall for 2,000 people that is just sitting there. And we weren't going to do anything on Industry Day. So now that open source conference hall on Industry Day is going to be a bit dev style full day of technical talk that's going to go way over our heads. And I've been busy planning that. So I'm, I'm super fucking excited about that. 
This event's only getting better throughout the years. Oh, we got a we got a family member FaceTiming in. What's up, brother? Hey there. Not the recording RHR. Oh, nice. Say what's up to the freaks. What's up, freaks? All right, I'll call you back later. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to my brother. Um, Glad you didn't say something specifically uncouth. I know. Hey, stinky butt. That's what we used to call each other. It was like our big, uh, our big diss to each other when we were like three and four. My brother and I are 11 months apart. Uh, When we were three and four, like the, the worst thing you could call, we could call each other was stinky butt. It would would piss the the other one off really bad. Uh, He's a real bent. Yeah. Uh, he brought the girlfriend around uh, around the parents for the first time last night. I got the debrief from my dad. They, That's we, exciting. We all approve. I, I mean, I met her. Uh, in should, we have your, should we have your dad call in for the debrief? <laughs> he's delivering coffee right now. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if he hears this, if he's listening live, dad, if you're listening live, you can call in. I think uh, that was my favorite moment of 2021. Right uh, well, is, that in the, is that in the clips? I don't know. My dad calling. When his dad calls in and gives <laughs> weather report because Jersey just got fucked. Well, it's actually funny that we say this. No, we were supposed to, my dad and I were supposed to record from the coffee shop uh, that him and my mom run at home with our neighbors and he got sick. He got the flu. Apparently the flu still exists. He got the flu. We had to, that's why I actually went down uh, to the shores. My parents got sick. Uh, my wife's sister and our brother-in-law got sick and we just had to like escape to South Jersey while we were home for 10 days for, for three days of that 10. Um, and I, and I was not able to record with my dad, but we will get that recording, uh, at some point in the future. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Family, man. Family. It's, it's an important thing, freaks. It's important. On the plus side, we got an additional rabbit hole recap recorded from your father-in-law's uh, bedroom. <laughs> yes, we, we did. We had that going for us. Yes, we did. Uh, uh, the janky internet, the shitty camera, my MacBook Pro. Yeah, it was very nostalgic. It was a nostalgic. MacBook event. Pro 2014. <laughs> uh, where, do we have anything to tie up there with Bitcoin 2022 open source devs? They're still, uh, you guys are still accepting... Well, I, I, so to tie it up, like I'm looking looking forward to the offensive line of the uh, of the Patriots coming to our bit devs on, uh, on on Industry Day. Yeah, I, w- I would love to meet you all. Their uh, first Socratic seminar. That'd be fucking fire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mac Jones, shout out to you, dude. What what a gift, my brother. He's texting me as a dad. I th- I feel like I blew that. Like, hey, bro, you did okay. It was his moment. <laughs> it was his moment. Put him on the spot. Um, all right. Uh, next on the list, our short list today, Iran halts Bitcoin mining until March 6th because of the electricity crunch during winter. So they shut down mining over the summer because of the worries about electricity crunch. And now they're shutting it down in the winter as well. Uh, so it seems like you're only going to be able to mine in Iran between the months of uh, like March and May <laughs> and September and and December. The four mining months, <laughs> yeah. something like that. It's important to note that this is only for regulated miners. If you are a smart off the grid miner, uh, they have no idea what the fuck you're doing. So exactly. Um, shout out to our Iranian Bitcoiners uh, and Iranian miners out there. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing it. Uh, you're much braver than I am. I guess I could say that, uh, considering the the regime that you live under. 
and, and the conditions that you live under. Uh, and I mean, I guess this piggybacks into another pertinent conversation, which is the energy markets as we head into the, the thick of winter here. And it'll be interesting to watch what goes on over in Europe specifically as they have uh, significant natural gas problems over there. And Russia's fucking with them too. Well, as, as is tradition. As is tradition, but and again, I'm not like some Russian apologist or anything too. Like they're like Russian Russia's apologist. <laughs> Russia's basically like, hey, like you're going to call us like uh, manipulators and you're not going to invest in your own infrastructure. And then you're going to come hat in hand, like, please give us natural gas. Like they get to flex a little bit. Like this is your yeah, fault. Yeah, but I mean, it's a classic Putin strategy, right? Like yeah. the, the pipeline from Russia isn't producing as much as it usually it does. Like yeah, it could. significantly. Yeah. And then, but, but he's not saying like, like, fuck you, Greg. He's just, he's, He's he's like, oh, we have production issues on our side. Like, there's there's nothing we could do about it. We're trying to get production up as quick as possible. Like, yeah, it's a, a troll. You know, he's it's a trolling them. Russian strategy. Yeah, he's trolling them. But it's like yeah. Europe, UK, America. Like, be energy independent. You guys have the opportunities. You have the facilities to make it happen. You just refuse to because you're LARPing about the environment. And you're just there's a great a great YouTube or. Uh, uh, car, I'm going to send you this. We're going to we're going to watch uh, a video right now. I'm going to put don't this. Don't let in the it. don't let the rant distract you from Marty's Russian apologism. <laughs> no, this. So I, <laughs> I met this gentleman um, in Texas. We were both at an oil and gas event. He's a he's an oil guy in California, and he has some incredible explanations of like the stupidity of uh, energy policy in states like California and. Um, a country, or well, it's not even a country, I guess, what, what do you call it, a union in the European Union, like, they want to LARP about the environment, and um, I just put that in our Telegram ch uh, chat car, and, like, being more environmentally friendly, but really what you do is you shut down production uh, at home, and you just export it to China and Russia, and then you just, like, export in other places, like the Amazon River as well, like, or the Amazon forest area, as well, and you just like import it, and and you pretend like you're cleaner. You're just and you're just creating dirtier production elsewhere, and then importing it more expensively, making your grid less secure, your energy more expensive. It's completely nonsensical. Um, nah, this isn't the video. Let me find the other one. This isn't the one. Um, I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong one. I will find it. Here it is. I retweeted it. This one. Cheers to the podcast freaks that are listening to Marty Troubleshoot on air. Yeah, so well, you guys are going to hear what I'm trying to get in, and it is a valuable point, so we're going to listen to it now. Mike Umbro, he actually, I convinced him to start a, a Twitter, I believe, when uh, when we met at this conference. It's at Mike underscore Umbro, U-M-B-R-O. Is he the one speaking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Base Californian. Pretty native, born and raised in San Diego. I'm 38 years old. 37 of the years I've lived here, California has consumed over 600 million barrels of oil every year. The only year that was less than 600 million barrels was last year because we were locked in our homes and we still consumed 485 million barrels of oil. So this, this demand is not going to be reduced by eliminating production from an offshore platform. 
Expected demand, according to the EIA, another government agency, factoring in Governor Newsom's ban on internal combustions in 2035, still projects that California will consume over 1 million barrels of oil every day. California operators produce roughly 400,000 barrels of oil a day. So we can chip away at California oil production all we want, but all that does is result in more of our product coming from overseas via tanker. And I will note that seven of the 10 largest oil spills in United States water have been the result of tankers. So if we're going to have a conversation about risk and oil, it's the oil that's floating on our water not the oil being produced by California operators that produce it in the most stringent regulatory climate in the world, bar none. One final thing I'll say, right now there's seven oil tankers off our coast right here holding 5.8 million barrels of oil right now sitting on our coast. That's over 1.4 million barrels than the offshore platforms produced all year. We produce roughly 4.4 million barrels of oil from our offshore platforms all year. So you have more oil sitting on the water out here because we're pushing our production overseas and we're bringing it back on the dirtiest vessels that you can bring it back on. So we need to have a very open and honest conversation about where the risks are coming from and the biggest risks are coming from overseas and unfortunately, us as Californians are buying more crude out of the Amazon rainforest than any other place on earth because we are trying to pretty name. See, there's a video on her that keeps going now. But essentially, long, long story short. That's solid. Yeah, like it's just like just having simple, honest, nuanced conversation about the trade-offs of uh, you want to like say like we're <laughs> we're decreasing our oil dependence. You're really not. You're just decreasing oil production, pushing that, that, that production overseas and then importing it uh, via tankers that are, that are much riskier than if you were to actually build a pipeline and just have it travel across the land. And it, it makes no sense. It increases uh, gas. It increases the price of gas and oil. Obviously it increases dependence on farm producers. Like it just, it's just nonsensical all around. There, there has to be more sensical conversation around this. It's all virtue signaling LARPing. And it's just, it, I, as you freaks know, if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, it makes your uncle Marty very infuriated about just the, the lack of logical consistency in, in any of these conversations. Yeah. Mike Umbro. Great follow, great, great dude. Uh, had a had a few great conversations with him in the Austin area last month at the uh, the uh, the event, the Digital Wildcatters. He lives in California. Yeah, he's an oil producer in California. Born and Why? raised. Hey, that's his home. He's he's a guy that loves his homeland and wants to to see it succeed. And he's out there fighting the good fight, putting out logical Abandoned arguments. Abandoned ship, Mike. Abandoned ship. No, he, I don't think he's going to. I think he's a. I think he's a stronghold there. Um, so was the captain of Titanic. <laughs> but this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just like emblematic of just, it's not only happening in California, it's not only happening in the U.S., it's happening in Europe, and the trade-offs just aren't being honestly discussed, and it's disgusting. Um, it's, uh, you're literally, like he said in the, in the video, like we had the most stringent here in America, I mean, the most stringent regulations around the production, the extraction and production of oil and refinery of oil in the world by shutting it down here and not coming to grips with the fact that demand is going to stay static to to probably rise. You're you're just 
importing it's it. It's designed from, to pump forever. You're, you're importing it from places that don't have this stringent regulation. So they're producing it dirtier. They're making it more expensive. Whoa. You're increasing risk by having the oil. Is that logically consistent, Marty? What's uh, point out my inconsistency there? I think me, you, and Mike would agree that we shouldn't have that overbearing regulation that exists. But now, now we're going to argue that that's a benefit. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Like Bitcoin. That's why I like Bitcoin mining specifically on oil fields because it's a natural market incentive to clean up and be as efficient as possible as a producer. You don't need those regulations. You're just... Uh, uh, like I feel like Mike made that argument. Uh, that's a very that good point. That video. And that's he a very was, good point. And then like afterwards, he like walked away and laughed. He's like, and I even told them that it's a benefit that we have California regulation. And then they do like that laugh meme. You know? <laughs> With all the, all the presidents. Yeah, the Bush, the Bush senior administration. Like I respect the tactic, but I don't think he actually believes that. Thank you for calling me on on that. Yeah, is that a logical inconsistency, or is that is this like a rare instance of like, hey, maybe regulation did lead to cleaner things, or maybe, yeah. I mean, there's some sensible rules that are in place. Well, the regulation creates a threat where if you don't follow the regulations, you can't produce the oil, and therefore make a revenue. Yeah, but California yeah. is like the land of overbearing regulation. Yes. Like I don't know what the regulation situation is specifically with oil production, but uh, there's probably uh, fucking pages and pages of nonsense there that just increase the cost of production, increase time wasted. Yeah, but then like, I think we reduce competition. I think we can both agree that like oil spills. Natural gas leak is probably a bad thing, if anything, for oh, 100% inefficiency. Yeah. So, if there's a force, yeah, I would prefer there's a mark- probably a sensible middle ground somewhere there, but it's yeah. not in California. Well, I think Bitcoin provides it, right? I mean, Bitcoin like economically incentivizes you to be as efficient and as clean as possible because you want to. There's suck some up- like I'm like, I'm like not an anarchist, I'm not a com- you know, complete anarchist. There's like some base level regulation that should apply to resource extraction where you're held liable for spills damages that happen to public resources yes right like waterways and fresh water and stuff like that yeah that makes I, but I would agree with that we are way past that point yeah I like mean, it's not even fucking close I mean there was a point at some point in the past where you could literally light the Ohio River on fire because of the way that that uh, I think this has to do with like the Flint, Michigan stuff as well. well. They still have like the fracking stuff, right? Where like people like open their taps and they can just light their tap on fire. Yeah. Polluter pays is the only logical solution. I like that, Jebby. Yeah. Yeah. Polluter pays makes sense. Like if you, if you screw up, you pay the cost of cleanup and retribution to the locality that you fucked up. That it makes gets sense messy me. when they go bankrupt behind a shell corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Does Bitcoin fix this? Maybe it helps. No, think, Bitcoin doesn't. I think it helps. Bitcoin helps everything. Uh, Bitcoin gives you a free market for energy, which is a massive thing. Yeah. Um, and competition Again, is good. It's a natural incentive to be as efficient as possible with that energy extraction right. because it, it's potential sats that you're ruining and sats are the most precious right. thing in the it world. It leaks sats into the water supply. Yes, which is... <laughs> <laughs> but Bitcoin doesn't fix this. 
Well, let's get into the Bitcoin fixes this meme. Like it creates the incentive to fix the problem, right? Like Bitcoin itself, like a UTXO is not going up and making sure that there aren't leaks happening, but the economic incentive presented by Bitcoin, mining specifically, does help. Certainly helps. Humans are flawed. We're flawed. We're flawed creatures. Children I love that the freaks have just been arguing about Russia for like the last. Are you okay? I, I can't see. Minutes. What are they saying? And it's fine. They're 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 just having a good time. And they're just arguing ever since ever since we brought up Russia. What are they saying? I don't, don't don't freaks. Don't get your news from CNN. You know, don't get your news from a single source. Mix them together from different places, different locales, different jurisdictions for different yeah. perspectives. It's certainly and, don't trust and us. Understand the bias of every single uh, news source, including us, and and factor accordingly. I like that advice. Next on the list, moving on from energy, this started with Iran. Should we circle back to Iran? Uh, talk about the mining. I, I forgot that's where it started. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, they're shutting down. I think that argument is what we've been talking about this whole year. It's been a massive theme of, of Rabbit Hole Recap this year. Political risk. Which is no off-grid versus on-grid mining. Yeah. The political risk of on-grid yeah. mining is significantly high, I would argue. Um, we'll get into that, though. That's going to be part of the year in review is the, the hash rate uh, reduction and, and subsequent recovery. But first, we'll get to the log 4J uh exploit that was out it has been patched it was patched uh, on the 28th this is the second patch this is the second patch yeah and there's a so have you done more research talk- on this since we first, when we first talked you're like oh i don't think this is a big idea uh, no uh, i mean i mostly problem. said i had no idea what the fuck was going on which i still to a degree do not um except that it's really fucking bad <laughs> um <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it's present in a lot of fucking things, a lot of projects. And one of the problems is it's present uh, like four layers down. So you have all this like technical debt built on top. That's like makes it really hard to patch it. Um, But this is the second release. When we first discussed it, we talked about a denial of service capability, which sucks. You know, it sucks if you can't access the service you want to access because it's down, but it's not like the worst thing in the world. Um, it turns out you can remotely control, uh, you can get remote access and control of, of compromised systems. Yeah, so this rem- patch specifically exploits. fixes that. Yeah. Yeah. This, this patch specifically fixes that aspect, which is significantly worse than a denial of service. Yes. Like somebody can take over your machine and do what they want with it. Um, this all has to do with Java. Uh, the technical debt is specific to Java and people building layers on top of that leaky code base. And so, uh, this, oh, is, this is the third. Okay, even worse. Yeah. And there's so, and here, as Carr has up on the screen right now, if you're watching the live stream or on YouTube or Bitcoin TV uh, uh, after we record, this is the fifth CVE uh, related to log 4J in uh, under. It's a really month. bad. Yeah. AWS is chiefly affected apparently i mean some people are saying like this is you know one of the worst vulnerabilities that we've had exposed of all time um, at least in recent years i think i read something too that like cars got cars got something out here so just real quick they talked about it at bit devs in depthly i don't remember uh, gentry was talking about it. oh i showed up late so okay yeah well, gentry talked about it really in depth. Car. um so i would say 
go to your local pit tips. <laughs> car, you have nothing to add besides that. I, I mean, the, like Super has been talking about it at Pleb Lab, and what's and your so take? My take is like, listen to the smart guys in the room, <laughs> right, and go to your local bit devs, and yeah, from there. Yeah, I'm sure Jay okay, has had a lot. Of, like this is this is an instance where I am very jealous of not being at New York. Bit devs because New York bit devs always starts off with um, exploits that exist in the wild that are tangential to the Bitcoin stack. Which so this... Jay is helping me with the, our boy Jay is helping me with the bit devs uh, style event that we're going to do for Bitcoin twenty twenty two, which I'm well, very excited about. That's who you want giving you the advice because he... I mean like New York, New York rightfully gets a lot of shit, but I still stand behind that we have and continue to have the best bit devs in the world. Uh, I will um, not. I will not argue that. I will not um, argue that. I'll, I'll give you a takeaway on this. Uh, this is just a perfect example to me about why, as an average Bitcoiner, it is extremely important to keep your savings stash of Bitcoin offline in cold storage, because vulnerabilities like this can be over our head. There's a million different ways an actor can compromise you if you're connected to the internet with a hot wallet. But if you do the basic steps of generating your keys offline, ideally with some source of, of your own user-provided entropy, but even if not, uh, then at least in 99% of situations, an attacker needs to have physical access to your offline copies of those private keys, whether that's in a hardware wallet and protected by a secure element with a pin code, or if that's on steel, hidden somewhere, um, multi-sig obviously adds a whole nother element there because they need physical access to multiple locations. Uh, it just really goes to show that that simple value of just keeping that secret offline and never connecting it to the internet so you don't have to get expose yourself to potential vulnerabilities down the road. That is sage advice. Uh, cold card is my favorite way to produce a private public key pair, especially with their easy uh, dice uh, entropy model. You add entropy via rolling dice. I, I like to do a hundred rolls, at least. Yeah, uh, I love cold card, obviously, and uh, the seed signer project is uh, one of the one of the real gems of of twenty twenty one. Open source, uh, off the shelf hardware, fifty dollars to build it. Camera, QR code, support, screen, boom, 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 shakalaka. Uh, next. We get into software updates, but before we'll go to our loan shout out of the week. Let me let me refresh here, make sure we haven't had any since we started the show. We haven't. So we have one shout out this week. Reminder that it's easy to take ownership of your Bitcoin across time and space, and that's what makes it the best money. It's also the only thing that stops price suppression via the futures market. Uh, I'll comment on that later. We all know somebody who still uses a custodial service to hold their sats. On January 3rd, 2021, I suggest we ask them to make the following acknowledgement. I acknowledge that all Bitcoin belong to the holders and their respective private keys. Well, they, they technically... They uh, do, even if it's custodial. It's well, just not uh, yours. <laughs> semantic here. Uh, the acknowledge that all Bitcoin belong to the holders of their respective private keys. The, the Bitcoin would be held in the public address that your private key can access. That's the semantic argument I make there. And that if I only use a custodial service, I own zero Bitcoin and will not come crying 
for help when said service inevitably becomes insolvent, corrupted, or nationalized and disables withdrawals. It is called the pleb acknowledgement because you acknowledge that you will probably lose every Bitcoin that you entrust to a custodian. If you have a following on social media, it is your duty as a pleb to post it and tag a person who th- who thinks they own Bitcoin but actually does not. Stack on Uncle Jim. Uncle Jim, thank you for this. Uh, yeah, I mean... Every day is proof of keys. Yeah, you don't have to wait till January 3rd. Like, front run. Especially if everybody's going to do it on January 3rd, like, you should start doing it now because fees will go up. You're not going to get that one set per byte fee. Um, but yeah, like you should just practice moving coins to cold storage as often and as, uh, as if possible. If Proof of Keys was ever successful, like the worst day for you to withdraw your funds would be Proof of Keys Day. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like really, you should celebrate it the day before if you're going to not. Yes. You know? Yeah. And this, um, is, and this is not to say the Proof of Keys thing, Proof of Keys Day is a bad thing. I think it's a great symbolic day uh, and a reminder for individuals that they should be securing their own Bitcoin. Um, it's just not your keys, not your coins. Always, freaks. Yeah. Always. Do not Learn how to self-custody. Do it slow and steady. You know, withdraw a little bit, play around with it, send it, receive, restore backups, you know, backup, restore, go through the whole process. Um, yeah, January 3rd. Every day is a good day to check your backups, including January 3rd. I just think like, I don't know. Trace like had his own perspective. He's obviously a trader. Some would rumor that he got absolutely wrecked in March 2020. Um, but uh, his idea of proof of keys was like traders all withdraw on January 3rd and like on January 5th, redeposit. Carl, let's pull up a uh, Mimble Wimble coin. See what see how no, that's been faring. Let's see how it's been faring. Like, I it's just want to see the coin of all shit coins. Did that happen this year? Yes. That, this has been such a long year. I feel that feels like ages ago. No, it happened at the end of last year because yeah. Proof of Keys last year wasn't. It was like it was a dark. It was a dark day. <laughs> Chase was nowhere to be found. All right, I'm gonna blow through software updates just so we can get to. All right, go go to the year, and and price it in Bitcoin, not in dollars. Fuck, man, we went through the whole year without ever showing Coin Market Cap on. Uh, no, God, oh, he's on oh, Coin Gecko. It's Coin Gecko. I much prefer Coin Gecko oh, than Coin Market Cap. Shit. Oh, yeah. Actually, I've, met, I've, met, I've yeah. met Bobby Ong. He's a good dude. Um, I haven't. Uh, yeah. A lot of demand we, for, <laughs> for the minimum coin chart. There's a car in the background saying it's a shit site. You don't have to look at that. Fuck uh, that. No. Um, and to all people saying that Trace did it as an exit, as like a OPSEC exit reason, like he did like a random coin desk interview like six months, eight months afterwards. Um yeah, I with remember some that. horrible other person. I forget who the other person was. Um gonna tell you. But anyway, like a video interview. So I mean, I you're giving him too much credit. I'd I'd yeah. Yeah. Um we move on to better things, which is updates in the space. I'm like, yeah, people make mistakes, but like Trace should have at least you know, admitted it and spoke to the community about it. Yeah. And he was like doing so much like fucking privacy, Bitcoin FUD. Yeah. He came on this show and I didn't catch it. He yeah, came on this show. About that. I'm sorry. I was, he bamboozled me. Yeah. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Uh, hey, 
You just got to own it. I got bamboo. I was like, well, yeah, it was like, I did quite, I was like, well, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't want to blow up his spot, but like one of our boys, very known in the Bitcoin community, simply changed his Twitter handle to a three word phrase. And now everyone's like, where did he go? I have no idea where he went. That's a good, that's a good move. You know I, what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, I don't know who that person is. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, the, yeah, that's the way to do it. Um, on the software releases, Ride the Lightning had a very major release, uh, version 0.12.0 beta. I think uh, this might have won the bounty. You think so? For HRF? Yeah, the, the HRF strike open, open SAS bounty? Let's go Suheb. Fuck yeah. I mean, uh, he integrated both 12. I was looking at the I was, I was looking at the wording that we had for the bounty. I mean, like the spirit of it, we were thinking, I, I think everyone was thinking a mobile wallet. Um, but you do need a full node regardless to really make this work because the receiver needs to be online for both. They have a mobile app at Ride the Lightning, don't they? I mean, you can access it through a mobile website, the mobile web client, right? Like it's yeah. a web-based app. Um so, I mean, I'm one of nine votes at OpenSats. It's got to be a unanimous vote, but I'm, I'm pretty sure um, pretty sure this qualifies for bounty number one, which would be really fucking quick. Yeah. You kind of love to see it. Yeah, it's Car, also see lightning only. Car, pull that comment back up because I think this is interesting. There was a big discussion this week about the uh, benefits of yeah, we should 12 talk about this. versus LNURL. Uh, Andre Neves and Jack Mahler got in the conversation yesterday. Uh, basically LNURL and Bolt 12 do very similar things. They allow users to use a static address to receive sats uh, in a more private way. Uh, LNURL, you need a web server running at all times. Bolt 12, you don't. And there's uh, some semantic arguments about the differences here. So uh, this conversation has been ongoing. And I would say, first off, that it's not an either or. More options are better. Um it got re-triggered because I did a Twitter Spaces with Gladstein, Maulers, and Rockstar yesterday uh, where we were talking about the bounties, and one of the bounties is a one Bitcoin for both 12. Now, LNURL has many different types of LNURL aspects. You have LNURL receive, pay, withdraw, login. Auth. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, I called it login, but auth. You have... Lightning addresses, which is LNURL incorporated into like what looks like an email address, right? Like Marty, this is not a valid Lightning address, but like Marty at TFTC.io or something would be that. Now with LNURL, it is supported today by many wallets, but it does require an additional web server. And not only do you need that web server for both, not only do you need the web server for the receiver, you need the web server for the sender. So it has this very big centralizing tendency uh, where it is way easier for someone to use it in a custodial fashion or a semi-custodial fashion um, than it isn't, right? If, if you're going to try and run it on your own node at home, you need an people are going to run a, People aren't going to run a web server. Grubles will but, say it. Was like, but it's, it's, it's specifically a clearnet web server. Right. So like you can't even you're not even doing it through Tor. If you do it through Tor, then then it's only accessible to people who use Tor. So it's it's very difficult to run it from home on your own node. Bolt 12 is native 
lightning, uses native lightning capabilities and onion routing in the lightning network. So you can run your own Raspberry Blitz, Umbral, you know, whatever node, Noddle, whatever node you choose at home. And if, if you support Bolt 12, you can have just this static QR code or this static text string because a QR code is just basically showing a text string um, in scannable format. And you can post that anywhere you want and people can send you as many sets as they want and constantly re- reuse that without exposing your public key of your node, without exposing your channel capacities, how much channel, uh, how much channel balances you have, how much Bitcoin you have locked up in Lightning. Um, so for that donation use case, and even for in stores where you can print this out and keep it in you know physical paper next to like your items and people can just scan that with their mobile phone and pay for it, it's extremely helpful. Right now, only C-Lightning supports it. Now, Strike has gotten in the middle of this because Strike has an added Lightning address support or LNURL support. And they, there's two interesting aspects here. First of all, uh, they're not saying they're not going to add it. But it's, it's interesting to me that people are giving Maulers and Strike shit here for basically the opposite of what they're actually doing. They're trying not to be a kingmaker. Like... Strike could easily implement Lightning addresses and LNURL support, and they would probably begin to dominate the Lightning address space because it it benefits custodians. It benefits centralized actors. And it it could be in their short to medium term business interest to do that. But but Jack Maulers and and the Strike team would prefer- That's a lot of power. Would prefer to see this bold 12 support come out and we really need LND to add it because LND is like 70% of the network. Sea Lightning has already added it. Because if you have this bold 12, then we have a strong foundation for the future. It's the long-term best interest of both Bitcoin and Strike and the Lightning Network if 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 we have a Lightning native way of doing this without that additional web server requirement for the sender. But the last thing I would say here, it is important to realize that in both LNURL cases, and bold 12, the receiver always needs to be online. The key difference is, is the sender is, is the sender not needing a web server, but also I would say the receiver not needing a web server. Like why have that additional requirement? Yeah, but with the options put forth at the moment, uh, have both online or just have one online, it's obvious the, the, the path of least resistance, least friction is just have one online. It's pretty straightforward. Am I wrong? Yeah, I, yeah. And I, I think like, like there's room for both. We'll have both, but it'd be really, I mean, it'd be really nice if we have both 12. I think it's a massive improvement. Um, and, and like I said, what does that look like? That looks like a, a person running a $300 node, $250 to $300 node in their home office, wherever running a tour only. And they're able to accept both 12 payments from around the world with a fixed URL, a fixed QR code, fixed text string, which is a completely different requirement than a BTC pay server or LN URL, where you both both of those you need to figure out a way to expose to ClearNet. And it's not easy to fucking do. There's a reason why people aren't running BTC pay on home notes. And it's the same reason they're not running LN URL on home notes. And then if you want a domain, you also obviously need to like go out and KYC yourself basically to get a domain, which is the way most people do it. So if we're, if we're talking about people in adversarial environments, we're talking about them trying to um, 
receive payments from around the world. It needs to be in a way that they can self-host it at a relatively cheap way, tour only, um, and and be able to accept payments. And I, I really, I I really hope, um, I really hope that L and D merges Bolt Twelve support. And if they don't, uh, I'm personally probably going to switch my nodes over to C Lightning. It'll be enough for me to move over. Um, and I just would say that to anyone who is, you know going after Mahler's personally, uh, there's there's some things you can go after him and strike for logically in terms of like KYC and, and you know, knowing payment flows and stuff on the Lightning Network. But in this case, like I am very grateful that someone, of, someone in his position, someone of his stature is actually going out of his way to take the harder path and, and try and do what's better for the long-term health of the Lightning Network. Yes, and... If you're deep in the weeds of the competing lightning implementations, you know that they're, I don't want to say animosity, they're very competitive and they're very proud of the solutions they put forward. And I I would just put forth to the people working on these implementations, getting caught in these temporal flame wars, if you will. This is bigger than all of us, right? What is best for the network uh, for the, the future adoption of Bitcoin? And again, I think... I think Bolt 12, again, just pure, like, logic. Like, do you want two people running a server or one? What is easier? What is the path of least resistance? It's obvious that it's one. If I'm wrong on that, call me out. But to me, as a user, as somebody who runs a business that leverages the Lightning Network, I want the path of least resistance. This seems like that is the option. Yeah, we have Cortic letting us know that RTL just released an update with Bolt 12. That's what started this discussion. That's what we're talking about, Cortic. <laughs> um, Car, I hate to be this. This ho- No, no, no. But would you mind running in and get me more ice? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's important money as a producer. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, I would say that if all that fails, we can use BIP47. Yeah, Paynims. Yeah, no, that, that was, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you caught it, but Cortic asked. That earlier is this uh, like paynims for yeah. is both. It's the well, same use case. It's yeah. the same use case, which is this idea to have a. But paynims is obviously on chain, um, so requires uh, you know more on chain transaction burden in terms of the notification transaction and the actual transactions which are happening on chain. But it's the same goal, which is this idea that we shouldn't add, like if if you are deplatformed from patreon if you're deplatformed from gofundme if you live in an adversarial environment and you cannot accept fiat donations easily you shouldn't have to run something on a on a virtual private server you shouldn't have to use a cloud server to accept bitcoin payments you should be able to just just stay out a, just stay out of the camera i don't want people to see your beautiful face coming in. my wife is delivering the ice now oh i love it Oh, you're calling Car your wife now? Uh, Car handed it off. <laughs> I love um, you, baby. She's shaking. You shouldn't her head have to run a. You shouldn't have to run a dedicated server in order to accept Bitcoin payments in a relatively private way. Period. Agreed. 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 Um, happy. Hey, shout out to Suheb and the Ride the Lightning team for getting this out there. Seems like Matt's going to vote yes on the on the um, bounty. We've got eight other yeses that we're waiting on. Have you, have you guys been discussing this at OpenSats at all yet? Or is, this is I don't know. Like I dropped a message in our in our group. It's very fresh. I retweeted this last night. That's when they dropped it, right? Uh, no, we we announced it December twentieth, I think. 
So what is that? 10 no, day turnaround? The Ride the Lightning update. Oh, yeah. Last night. Yeah. It's very wrong. Yeah. I think he was listening to the spaces and he was like, I want this bounty. <laughs> Which is the point of the spaces. Right? <laughs> One of the points of the spaces was to to get people to... And I love Suheb. I love Ride the Lightning. It's my favorite way of interacting with uh, my Lightning full nodes. Um, it's fantastic. And we know him from the New York Bitcoin scene. He's a fucking great dude. Great dude. And supposedly his wife does a ton of work a lot on of the project. Work. It's yeah. uh, a very wholesome team over there at uh, RTL. Proper uh, Bitcoin family over there. Yes, yes. Moving on with the software update, Samurai Wallet version 0.99.98 has been released. Uh, fixes open and Dimes. Updates. Did oh. you hear about this Open Dime thing? No, I did not. They include they merged a commit called fuck NVK and they removed open dime support from ah, Samurai Wallet. Why? <laughs> why well, I mean, does the commit not explain it? Why um, the flame wars, the coin join flame wars? Um well this is different. This I would say is the open source war. Yeah. But don't um, they both have the same problem? What? Like the licensing stuff? Isn't no, that- I mean what do you mean? Well, Wasabi, Wasabi, both Wasabi and Samurai are free open source software. They have unrestricted licenses. Okay. They both hate each other for coin join reasons. Uh, NVK changed his license after Foundation took his code and raised a bunch of VC money that he wasn't raising to a restrictive license. And um, they have they they have beef over that licensing change. Is yes. is the main beef? Um, so Samurai was the only mobile wallet that I know that had the, the feature where you could just plug in an open dime and sweep it to an easily. Android phone because iPhones don't allow you to use USB drives. They just fucking suck. So on an Android phone, you could just plug in, you could just plug in the open dime into a little USB-C to USB adapter, and you could have full functionality of the open dime, load it, set it up, uh, sweep from it, all natively by just plugging it in. Yeah. Um, now you have to you can still you can still sweep an open dime from using samurai but you have to you have to scan the qr code so you have to plug it into a computer you have to you have to stick you know the thumbtack through the hole plug it into a computer and then when you pull up the qr code of the private key you can scan that with samurai and you can sweep yeah now you do that with green wallet blue wallet wait no no this is a very uh this hits me it's petty it's petty no, no, no. This hits me even closer uh, for the Christmas season. So I've been telling the freaks, just put dump.cash in uh, in your open dime gifts so people can redeem their open dimes, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes for a YouTube tutorial. Right? There, was only, there, was two, there was two ways I told people in the tutorial to redeem their open dimes. Green Wallet and Samurai. Samurai removed the native open dime support, so you have to do it a different way with sweeping. And Green Wallet pushed a fucking update to change their whole settings flow. So, like, like the way I showed. Don't it, even pull it up, car, because it doesn't even work anymore. Don't yeah, even pull, don't it pull it up. Don't pull it up. Like, I need <laughs> a new guide. I need a new guide, and it all happened right before fucking Christmas. Um, yeah, so it's been a problem. I've had like a bunch of freaks text me. I'm sorry, freaks. Like I didn't know Green Wallet was going to push an update to change their sweep flow like right before Christmas. Um, Again, funds are safe. Funds are safe. Uh, it looks like the easiest way now on iPhone to sweep an open dime is with Blue Wallet. Um, I think you press settings, add, 
Can't um, check balance. Import blue. Why can't blue? Oh yeah, it can check the balance, but it can sweep. Um, so I'm gonna either make a new guide or twiddle my thumbs until Bitcoin Q and A makes a guide, and then I can just link dump cash to that guide on Bitcoin Q and A. Why don't we do that? I mean, just linking back to the uh, Lightning implementation flame. Like, this is bigger than all of us. What do you think? Like, is this? Oh, uh, I love. We have Bitcoin in the comments saying, "Just use Tails OS with Electrum offline." It's very important <laughs> that when you're gifting open dimes to people, that you we're not telling them to use like Tails to fucking <laughs> redeem it. Like, that is not like. Obviously, we can do that. Um, I think it's important that like when people get their first Bitcoin on an open dime because it's their wedding or something, that they can just easily sweep it on a mobile wallet. Like I think that's a very important functionality. Seamless. And keep in mind this sweep function is used for open dimes, as we know, but it's also like if you use Bitcoin ATM, you have a choice. You can either scan your phone to send it directly to an address or they'll print out a piece of paper and then you need to sweep on the piece of paper. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. How, how many should I agree? Like, this, like having fuck MVK and, and release notes. I love the samurai team. I love the the. It wasn't well, even the release notes. It was the name of the commit. I love everybody who's involved in this. <laughs> like, this is bigger than all of us. But then, like, uh, steel man, this like is there uh, an argument to be made that being this principled is important to get the best outcomes at the end of the day. Look, I mean, I or is think, it petty? Or is it petty? Like, what is what is it in your mind? You know, I, you're in the middle of a lot of these flame wars too. So, <laughs> yeah, I like both. I respect both of the teams, uh, and I recommend both their products. Uh, so, it is obviously difficult for me. And I personally, I mean, Marty, like I, I'm an Android guy, right? So, this, like this functionality specifically with the Open Dime and the and Samurai was like my go-to way of funding and using Open Dimes and and redeeming Open Dimes. Um, I would say that Samurai is open source. So if people are really upset with it, they can fork it and just re you know. Yeah, or you can just can revert to a former version, right? Right. But I mean, you really do want upgrades and stuff, right? Yeah. But yeah, you could, right? Or not update if you don't want to update. Uh, I wouldn't advise that, but you could. I mean, they also released like an awesome Whirlpool update. Yeah, the, like, UX, the UX around is, it. It's like so much better. Yeah. Um, so I would say probably not revert. You could fork it and put it back in if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> That's I would not say, easy for your layman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm surprised they didn't do this earlier. They've been fighting for a while and MBK has not been pulling punches. So yeah, the uh, Samurai team doesn't either. I think Bitcoin, like, Bitcoin. Is there any other? Let them is there any other mobile compete. wallet? Is there any other mobile wallet that supports Open Dime natively? No. Right. And, you know, hopefully another mobile wallet steps in and and adds add support. But like it's a perfect example where like the argument keeps coming up like Samurai is good for nothing and it's a worthless wallet. Uh, so they said, fuck NVK and they removed they removed support for direct support for his product in their wallet. Like you can still scan the QR code. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So I can see both sides of it. You know? Yeah, like I, I can I, too. I, do I can too. Here. I do as well. I do as well. The average user gets fucked though because you do see like I, on Twitter and like people are messaging me. They're like, "Open dimes aren't working." Blah blah blah. Like it's it's not ideal. Yeah, let's let's be clear here. Open dimes still work. It's just gonna be harder. Yeah, your funds are good. Yeah. Yeah, I literally just got a text yesterday from a buddy. Uh, I sent an open dime too. He's like, "I got it. I got it, man." It's a great. Ah. Then you recommend Samurai as well. Yeah, yeah. 
I like. I mean, it is. It's not petty. A lot of you. Would you involved. have preferred the Putin strategy if they were like, "Eh, something's broken. We're working on fixing it," or just yeah, the no, fucking- no, the, the curtness is is much appreciated. <laughs> right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, what a world we live in. This is like really- uh, Crypto Clydesdale. Don't worry. As long as as long as they don't, he's he's saying glad I pointed people to the TFTC guide. If if I can get. I'm going to try and get a guide up ASAP. So as long as they're not trying to redeem the Bitcoin in this like two week period, dump.cash will still link to a, a good uh, guide, a guide that works. Yeah. Hey, let's be clear. TFTC loves all you guys. You guys are making Bitcoin better. You're making usability better. And you have your differences, you know, it's, it's personal between the individuals involved. And we're just here to update you on, on, on what's going on. Mercury Wallet version 0.5.3 has been released. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have like a specific update voice that you switch into. Well, you got to transition somehow. And sometimes inflection helps you do that. Casa Keyfest. This is not an update, but this is a... um, Your your voice participating. This is own your own keys, own your Bitcoin, own the future. Casa welcomes you to the second annual Key Fest, a virtual festival celebrating the past, present, and future of personal keys. Join the brightest minds of Bitcoin for conversations and workshops as we unlock a future where everyone owns their wealth, identity, and data. So this is going on January 5th to 7th. As Matt just mentioned, he will be involved in this. So we did this. this last year, and I was like watching cars. Uh, highlights of 2021 and I was like talking about how I was going to be on Casa Key Fest last year um, and I'm going to be doing it this year I'm doing it with with our lady Janine super excited about it um, what are you guys talking, talking about specifically privacy. privacy hell yeah Andrew Yang's involved Anthony Roning there's our boy shout out to the Casa team Nick Nauman Jameson Lop and crew providing people with with security for their keys multi-sig solution the more the merrier. Um, so KeyFest, what's the going rate? Go to join event. Is it free? I think it's free, but if you're obviously it's geared towards their um, their users. Uh, and there's like if you pay for the really expensive ones, there's like a private session at the beginning. Boss. Um, Whatever they call them, like diamond and platinum and shit. Yeah. So shout out and to And it's uh, obviously all virtual. Yeah. And then Jameson came out too. He's a uh, He's going to be uh, spreading some money around too towards uh, VC funds in the Bitcoin space. Yeah, I space. don't know. We should even talk about that. All right. Let's not talk about it. Because it just logically didn't make any sense. He said several funds. They don't even exist. <laughs> eh, I wouldn't say that. Last but not least on the list, Ronan Dojo Tonto has been released. I have uh, one of these. Oh, hey, I just tried to click on the site, Dojo team. Ronan I know, Dojo they team. know, they know. I told just them not their secure. cert expired today. It's not it's not secure, but this device looks. Their their uh, SSL cert expired today. Shout out to Zelko, like well, and all others working on this. I have a Ronin Dojo inside that I'm running. Um, it is a great. But product. This new hardware is fucking fire. Why? Uh, what? When your mind makes a fire, just the the look, the aesthetics, the power, the. Uh, I think I have it. Storage. Oh, well, there's a picture right there. I don't have to go grab it. Um. It is a single block of steel mm-hmm. or aluminum. It's a single block of metal. 
This site's um, sexy too. The UX they have too, and they have like command line UX that is better so than any I've seen. They the obviously actual, have the, the onion UI as well, but like even the command line UX is uh, in the terminal is very, very, very sexy. So the box is just the hardware is just really nice. It's, it's fanless because the box is the heat sink because it's metal. Mm-hmm. And the hardware is just really, it's, it's more powerful than a raspberry Pi. Um, so the metal they're using like has a very high conductive temperature threshold. Correct. So that, yeah, not having a fan scares me, but if they're using particular metal to make it so. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Yeah. The hardware just feels really amazing and heavy in your hand. If that, <laughs> if that, if that means anything. I had a joke there, but I'm not going to say. Or when you're going to like, just like pick up your node, it feels really good. <laughs> and they did this, you see how like they cut the corner? That's like to Ooh. brag that it's one piece because uh, you can't do that. You can't do that on Because uh, it'd be connected. Yeah. They are artists. The car's saying they're artists. Yeah. And every every node that every node that ships that that piece was cut with the samurai blade. No, that no, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, again, Zelko, I believe, is the one working on their UX UI, and he does an incredible job. Um, shout out to the Ronin Dojo team. Love you guys. Anyway, these ship these are pre-orders ish. They ship at the end of January is the plan. Um, and I'm going to have Zelko on dispatch on the 18th. Boss. He's a legend. I had the pleasure of meeting him in person at Bitblockboom. Um, and his wife and his kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Great family. A, that was it for the list. How, how, how long have you been recording, Car? About an hour and 20 minutes? 118. Yeah. So we get, now we got a year in review here. Um, and I guess we just open up the comments too, Freaks. Let's, let's have a fucking party. What was your favorite uh, moments of 2021 and worst? Yeah, worst favorite moments. I mean, let's let's just go down the list. We actually um, did this yesterday. I'll say for me, somebody asked me yesterday in the chat, what were my highlights of 2021? And I just rattled off off the top of my head, no particular order. Uh, the growth of the Lightning Network, El Salvador, adopting Bitcoin as legal tender, Chalmy and Mint proposal coming to market, Schnorr Taproot activation, podcasting 2.0, getting to where it is, the Turkey currency collapse, Chinese mining ban, the subsequent hash rate recovery, and the Bitcoin and energy sector theme getting louder. Um, to me, those were um, some of the topics that stuck out to me uh, when I was put on the spot and asked to, to highlight things personally. Um, yeah, Who asked you that? Uh, it was the ten thirty one chat. Ah, uh, all right. Um, I'd read those. Um, <laughs> the what about Tesla adding one and a half billion dollars with the Bitcoin balance sheet? I forgot about that. That's cool too. But then you have like so that, uh, now with that. Like thought, Elon can like go fuck himself to a degree, but <clears throat> I think that's still a big deal. Like a S and P five hundred company adding one and a half billion dollars of Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a massive deal. Sheet. <clears throat> but with that, like, <coughs> let's get our, uh, let's get our, uh, I don't want to call it hate, but like our Elon, like, hey, Elon, like, he went on the Lex Freeman podcast. <laughs> it was like, I didn't watch that. I don't watch I, Lex I saw Freeman. the, I don't, I don't watch it either. I just saw the, like a two minute clip of him describing why he likes Doge better than Bitcoin. It was just completely, I refused to watch it. Completely uneducated. And then, like, even more surprising was Peter Thiel. He thought there was a million Bitcoin mine in the Genesis block. Like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? That's bullish. 
like it's bullish because it proves that like people really don't understand Bitcoin. Even Peter Thiel, like who many think like really understands it, like he went on. I don't know where he was. This is he, our edge, Marty. He was a, he was interviewed recently, and he somebody was asked like, "How did Bitcoin come to be? Like, how many Bitcoin does the the founder have?" And he like literally said, "Satoshi mined a million Bitcoin in the Genesis block," which is not true at all. Genesis block uh, mined. 50 bitcoin and they're not even spendable uh, like there, there was a a symbolic gesture there by satoshi like yes i will mine this first block but i'll make it so i can't spend it um to to make sure that this launch is as fair as possible <laughs> which is shocking to me honestly like he, everybody holds teal up and a lot of it is garnered or excuse me uh it is um what's the word i'm looking for it is it is his reputation is not garnered. What is the word I'm looking for? It is earned uh, the the reputation that he has to a certain degree. But the fact that many like the point of like, oh, Teal's bullish on Bitcoin. Like he understands it. He doesn't understand it. He thought Satoshi mined a million Bitcoin in the Genesis block. It's like, whoa, that's a that's a, a pretty big slip up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, Elon can go fuck himself to a degree, but. Uh... And he definitely thinks this shit doesn't stink. Um, and he's like, totally, you know, I just discovered Bitcoin. I'm here to fix it kind of vibe going uh, on. But still, one and a half billion dollars worth car, of Bitcoin. pull up that meme. I'm, uh, on an S&P 500 company was a big deal. I would say the biggest deal is obviously, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone even argues it, is the El Salvador legal tender and, you know, Mahler's on stage announcing it. Yeah, that's um, massive. And it's like that in the Chinese mining band going from like 50% hash rate back up. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those the are the, that's 2021 in a nutshell. Yeah. Lightning network growth too on the down low. So that's like underscored. Yeah. I wouldn't even add that, dude. It's like half engagement tweet bullshit. Those fucking lightnings, that lightning capacity stat. It's such a bullshit stat. You even said it yourself on Twitter today. Yesterday, yeah, I wrote about it yesterday. You like you don't have to lock up that much. Yeah, you get you get multiples yeah. on UTXO, which people it's just such don't a gameable understand. stat. Yeah, it's a, the the increasing thing is such a gameable stat. I mean, I fucking did it with our node. Like it's you know you just add Bitcoin to it, you pay one sat per byte, and you're like, ooh. Well, that's the beauty. The went up. So we've had the TFTC, and this is what I was trying to highlight in the, in the newsletter and that tweet that I sent out late last night uh, and probably should have articulated this in the newsletter specifically, but like we set up our TFTC node, the company node that, that uh, has everything running on the website for the shout outs, dime bag, uh, just tipping us generally. I set that up in May of 2019. I set those channels up and we've just been, re I haven't added any Bitcoin since then. Uh, and we've just got to it. Yeah. We've just gotten insane utility. That's like a little bit different. Receiving. Why? Uh, because we have a audience of ride or die freaks um, that if they try and buy a shout out or something and they don't have enough channel capacity, will then open a channel from their routing node to us. Um, you know, a lot of people don't have that. You know, they don't have that uh, luxury. Is the wrong word? Luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, we have freaks that are just opening up channels because they you know, they're ride or die and they love us. Yeah. And they know uh, that we're not going to screw you over freaks. We're not going to like force close or anything like that. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, in general, I would say uh, there's a reason that I've never posted the up and to the right lightning capacity chart. And that's because it's kind of a bullshit metric. Yeah. And it doesn't really... And it's only public capacity. You can't even factor in... Right, so it's not including private channels. It's not talking about, like, what is the centralization of those channels. I mean, people were posting it when, like, Alan Big was 50% of the fucking capacity. You know, it's, like, a really nice way of getting engagement on Twitter and other social media. Yes. Yes, it is. Engagement whores. Guilty sometimes. But I like to think I'm less guilty than some others out there. Am I engagement whore? we all are a little bit yeah yeah i think i think the important thing i think everyone to a certain level is a hypocrite uh my people are the ones who just did acknowledge that they have hypocritical tendencies and try and improve them as much as possible hand up hand up not all bitcoiners car <laughs> yeah it's, as uh, Udi so thoughtfully likes to make known if you own Bitcoin, you're a Bitcoiner. Yeah, and the whole true. world's going to own Bitcoin. So I'd be careful of saying that Bitcoiners have integrity or Bitcoiners are truth seekers. Those kind of uh, wide ranging statements uh, are naturally invalidated because, you know, Bitcoin is for anyone and, and most well, people will be using it. Now we're going to get heady here. Like, but Bitcoin does incentivize you to seek truth. Does it? Yeah, because the opportunity again is what it, going to the monetary what about economics. Justin Sun? I mean, he's got way more Bitcoin than both of us. That's true. He does. Is his incentive to seek truth? In aggregate, of individuals, not Bitcoin owned. <laughs> Especially, yeah. I mean, it's, it was, I'm just that's, saying, a, you know. that's a different level. Yeah, so that's a different level of. Like Bitcoin, right? He's got an insane amount of Bitcoin. Or maybe ride or die freaks or truth seekers. Yes, because the opportunity cost of not seeking truth, if you have uh, an amount of sats that is uh, probably closer to the average of your average Bitcoin holder compared to Justin Sun, like not uh, seeking the truth and living an untruthful life, could lead you to to losing out on sats or, or losing. You sats sound in like the Camilla Harris explaining inflation. Camilla, Kamala, Kamala. Oh, sorry. Kamala. Vice President Harris. Kamala, Kamala. Vice President She Harris. changed her name. She changed her name. You're just doing the word vomit thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I don't want to do it. All right. Thanks for calling me out. Maybe I'm being a hypocrite. I'm trying, trying to, trying to like, say, like, I think <laughs> the point I was trying to make is like Bitcoin brings back real opportunity costs to the world where you have yes. to weigh decisions. And you know, if you're allocating capital, you have to seek out the truth because there are higher consequences to misallocating capital. I th that, I think that's the point. The I was seek out to the truth part is 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 the contention here because like I I think the one of the coolest parts about this space, the coolest parts of the Bitcoin industry, is that you have true skin in the game. And when I talk about the Bitcoin industry, I mean all the tokens and every other bullshit that's all attached to it. Right? You have true skin in the game. You can debate and argue on Twitter all day long with B cashers and shit coiners at the end of the day uh, you know, the winners will be independent and, 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 you know, financially well off and, and the losers will get wrecked. Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, that, the, that's exactly the main what I was trying issue to get there. To. The main issue there is some people's thesis, correctly so, but ethically not 
great is that you can trick retail and a greater fool to stack more Bitcoin. Now, right? So like the seeking the truth aspect is is where it's a little bit dicey. The, mm-hmm. Right? But the skin of the game is 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 a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think that's a more accurate description of what I was trying to get out there. Thank you for yeah. knowing uh, what I intended to say and saying it better than I ever could, Matt. I mean, I, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, so I'm just, I'm like trying to think like, right. Like it's cause like the coolest part is the skin of the game, but like, I don't think like, I don't think shitcoin promoters break that theory. Right. It's just that they've correctfully diagnosed that, you know, they can scamming accumulate more Bitcoin and misleading people about trade-offs and stuff can get them more Bitcoin. This is true. Speaking of the scammers, another year passes and Ethereum has not transitioned to proof of stake. Uh, 2022, it's going to happen. I don't even know why, like, why do people even use Ethereum anymore if they could just use, like, other proof of stake chains that already exist? Network effects, bro. Network effects. Developer network effects, dude. (laughs) I mean, but, uh, like, half those chains, like, completely copied, they, like, the Ethereum, like EVM or whatever, so you can just port those dApps over. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not working on that stuff, so I can't can't speak to that personally. Got a burp coming. Excuse me. Wow! Right into eardrums worldwide. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, freak. Sorry for attacking your ears with a. What else we- you want to talk about this year? You want to talk about the hash rate? Uh, yeah, I mean we've we've touched on it pretty consistently since uh, the news of the you know, at the time it was a pending China ban came out in May, went into effect in June. Hash rate came off the network and subsequently uh, uh, returned to the network. We're at all time highs. I don't know if right now, but we have surpassed the hash rate all time highs that were hit earlier before the ban, and uh, we've been echoing this throughout the summer, the fall, and now into the winter, like it is a underscore, oh, God damn it, underappreciated uh, <laughs> stress test that I don't think it's many- the exact opposite of underscore. Yeah, it's an underappreciated stress test that, <laughs> that people will recognize in retrospect, but aren't recognizing uh, in- Not priced in. in uh, as it's going on. Like it, again, like it proves- The magnitude that, of Segwit2x and Bcash nonsense almost. Yes, I mean, the Bitcoin works. The difficulty adjustment works. What Satoshi design works, and the loose economic incentives on the social layer of Bitcoin work. Like uh, the the if you have those miners unplugged, your incentive is to find energy and plug them in so that you are able to produce Sats as quickly as possible. And that is the social layer of Bitcoin. China bans mining, forces Chinese miners to unplug, and then those Chinese miners say, "Hey, I've got this physical option on future." production of Bitcoin that I'm missing out on. Like I am economically incentivized to plug this in as quickly as possible. And those Chinese miners in coordination with other economic actors globally figured out a way to produce electricity and get those plugged in. And that is just a beauty of number one, the technical aspect of Bitcoin, specifically the difficulty adjustment where it made sure that that blocks were coming in at a reasonable pace as, as hash rate fell off the network. And the social layer of Bitcoin, where you have individual greedy economic actors trying to stack as many sats as possible, moving as quickly as possible to get those machines plugged back in. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, incentive and incentive mechanism and a technical 
implementation of that that incentive mechanism mechanism it's, it's one of the most beautiful things that has ever been designed in human history we are very that's fortunate. What's so frustrating right it's like yeah. that is the innovation it's like one of the it's the key innovation here and like the the shit corners are like we need to solve proof of work. That's the problem with the blockchain. <laughs> and like, every time I hear that, I'm like, yes, we're going to make it. Yes. You know, like I love, I love it. I, I don't, I think Bitcoiners get a little bit too triggered by it. It's like more time for us. You yeah. know, like let I'm them go be distracted. Let them go be distracted. Like you go over no. there, you shield POS, you shield transactions per second. You shield it was like, yeah. whatever it's like it may that be. Iran, that Iran story and like Bloomberg used the title crypto mining halted. Right. And then you think in your head, like, are people mining anything but Bitcoin? Like, no. Mm. Even like a year and a half ago, there was all these talks about these large ETH miners that were going in. And then like constant proof of stake, you know, bashing over there just resulted in basically like anyone who's anyone who's mining is mining Bitcoin. There's very few. You have like Monero with their, you know. They're, they they think that they 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 just they solved physics and they, they're going to have ASIC resistant <laughs> mining. Solved um, but physics. instead, they're just going to have a centralized uh, change to their mining algorithm when ASICs inevitably become obvious on the network. Um, but like, really, you just have no other you have no other change with established mining uh, sectors. So whenever you see a story about crypto mining, it's really a journalist that's misinformed talking about Bitcoin mining. Yes, And that single fact is absolutely crazy and underpriced right now. It's like not priced in at all. People do not realize that. No, like piggybacking on this whole theme, what I think this really drove home, particularly for the North American mining industry was, holy shit, this is mining is very much connected to the energy sector. And again, I highlighted earlier, but that's another theme that probably got accelerated via the, the forced... Uh, exodus of Chinese miners is the energy sector waking up and like, holy shit, like we can monetize our, our wasted energy with this Bitcoin mining. Uh, yeah. And- it's also the easiest show ever. <laughs> Why like do you my, say that? My favorite is uh, our buddy Max, uh, I'm going to put his name, Gagliardi. Yeah, Talk Energy podcast. Um, like he came in as, as, an ONG guy first, an oil and gas guy first, and then came into Bitcoin. And it's like a completely different perspective than how I came into Bitcoin. It's such an easy shill. It's like the, one of the easiest shills. It's like the only people that are as easy to shill that to is like people who got deplatformed from like every single platform. Yeah. Um, and for speak, like dissidents. And to speak to Max's perspective specifically, Max is a good friend of mine. We talk quite often. He was in the midstream business in oil and gas. So you have upstream where you extract oil and gas and you try to get it to market and you have midstream which refines the oil and gas and then sends it down downstream to market where you where you have your utilities that are serving electricity but that midstream uh, historically has been very competitive and the profit margins are are driven very t- down very to a point where it's like not extremely profitable and and bitcoin presents again another uh, consumer of that energy at midstream that gives them some leverage and helps them better monetize those energy assets and, and creates just like another consumer of that energy. And so Max being in midstream uh, just saw it immediately after like a few conversations with myself and, and a few others uh, who were at Great American Mining at the time talking about this. And he was like, holy shit, this completely flips my business model on its head. And therefore 
I'm going to try to be a trailblazer in this. And so shout out to you, Max. Who's Cheers, uh, Max. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, Just subscribe up, to his podcast, Talk Energy. Talk.energy is, is the website if you want to go check that out. Um, um, who knows? Maybe. Neil made a great point. What was that? Like, we started this year and home mining was still the same bullshit, you know, where people were saying, like, every time you talked about mining at home, um, people were saying, like, oh, you're better off just going and KYCing yourself and buying on an exchange. And, and it is really just blossomed and developed into this whole little sub niche ecosystem um, where we have great guides from people like Econo Alchemist and Diverter. Um, and, and, and we have things like the black box, you know, coming out of upstream data dedicated directly to home miners. Like it is, it is, it is absolutely beautiful to watch uh, this whole, you know, that, that whole aspect of mining kind of, of, of really like, hit you know center stage this year yeah and there's a bunch of plebs getting into it um we've been getting more heavily into it ourselves and it's 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 fun to watch once you get into it you have a couple miners plugged in uh pointing them at whatever pool i point mine at slush pool you see the notifications coming in you're just like passively dcing into bitcoin you're literally stacking every second yeah it's it's no kyc yeah it's a beautiful thing and yeah. Go get trashed at the bar while you just stack, stack, stack. <laughs> well, that's very high time preference, you know. By it's like app. a mix. It's like medium time preference because you got the miners <laughs> You're stacking the in the background. And then the drinking is the high time. So they average <laughs> themselves out. Yeah. And then uh, I had another theme in my mind. In 2021 was, I mean, the price alone has, what, gone up around 95, almost 100%. Everybody's like, "Oh, we're in a bear market." Like, it's, What's, what was the price? Pull up the one-year chart on Bitbo, uh, car. Yeah, Bitbo. Bitbo is the best. Yeah, because you can just press one year. They can. It's it's a hilarious chart. I mean, it's like fucking. It's not like a very appealing chart. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's nice because it's up, but <laughs> it just fucking goes up and down and up. Yeah, so we're up. Um, so where were we a year ago? Like 20, we're, we're up 63% on the year. We're like at 27 or something? 28,972. Yeah. This date last year. So it's been a great return uh, in terms of purchasing power measured against the US dollar. Uh, and then pull up the hash rate chart. Marty, you think Marathon is going to get their 10 exahash of, of hash online? Mr. No Pro pre orders? No comment. Well, I, this so, is my favorite part of well, the year. Well, here's a nuance. Here, here's a nuance of it. Like, like you said, Mr. Pro pre-orders, but it's, it's not contingent <laughs> on the pre-orders. It's contingent on their ability to find the electricity to it's plug, both, right? plug those pre-orders into. I mean, it's both. I mean, there's massive supply chain issues. Yeah. I guess it would be a two-sided bet. Like, well, could, I mean, not bet, two-sided prediction. Like, will they receive the hardware? Well, it's not even the supply. The like, there's a, there's high execution risk, especially if you're doing like an industrial-sized mine. Like, you actually need to know how to control the airflow, how to set up the okay. electrical do infrastructure. Do you need to receive the miners, the like ACIDs? Uh, yeah, I do. I when do. is we have Ronan telling us it's twenty-three exahash? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane how much they just spent like eight hundred seventy-nine million dollars on S19s, I believe. Like a billion dollars. Yeah. When are the ASICs supposed to come in? 
I can't recall at the top of my head. Brandon Circus says you're thinking of the podcast with Glenn Greenwald and Alex Gladstein. And you can find that on rumble.com. And you'll um, be able to see Glenn on TFTC at some point in the next month. Fuck yeah. Well. Um, so Marty, what's what's the current hash rate right now? Go back to the insights.brains.com. Brains with two eyes. Uh, just go to the far right. According to insights.brains.com, it's 167 exahash. Okay. And what was it last year? 147. So we're up 20 exahash uh, divided by 147 is uh, 15%? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How much do you think it's going to increase this year? I mean, if we're just going off again, many factors here. It depends on the price, depends on the ability of those getting miners. Number one, if the miners actually get delivered. Number two, if they do get delivered, if the people that they're getting delivered to have electricity to plug it into. And number three, the price of Bitcoin. Um, Or number four. So that's four. I got four fingers up here. That's four. Uh, I think it's going to go up significantly, but it depends on those four factors and how they they play uh, with each other. Like, so, if the price so your stays, prediction is if the price stays static, significantly based on variables. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's not it a prediction, to, Marty. It has to be. Um, it has well, you to were, be. You were correct on that math, by the way. Was I? It was. Uh, it's like fifteen percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the, okay. Over. Over. Under. What are we at right now? One sixty-seven. According to over uh, under 200 exahash over easily. So like, so if the price stays static, miners get produced and delivered and miners have uh, electricity to plug those into hash rates going to go up. S nines are going to fall off because the price stays static. They'll probably fall to a point where it's unprofitable potentially. But Uh, 200 exahash will be a a larger increase than last year percentage wise. Oh, like, Oh, a, like 200 exahash added. I thought you said over 200 exahash at the end of next year, which is 33 exahash from where we are now. Yeah, which is, that's what I'm saying, which is what, like a 20% increase. Yeah, I think it will be more. So it's more than last year, more than this year, percentage-wise. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. So you're going to go over 200 exahash. Yeah, I mean, just pure orders. Over under 250. Oh, God. Now you put me on the spot. Uh, it's the best part. It's the, literally the best part of the new year. Push, push. So you think that's the line, the 250. You like the 250 line. Yeah. Neil, over under 250 X-Ash. Okay, we can continue. He's going to answer in the comments. I'm curious. I would say push to 250. Um, Neil goes under. Under. Yeah. How far under? I think Neil? it's definitely under 250. Neil said less than 100 exahash will be added. So, one, so 250, that's 260. That 250, 260 is under that. 267. 250 is about... Uh, I'd be very, 10% very surprised that. if we... If we... Would like, uh, well, if these, well, like 250 S- would be like an 80% increase or something, right? If the price goes up and S19XPs deliver on the terahash like and the efficiency and they actually get delivered like that's going to be pretty massive in q2 q3 or q3 q4 next year this is like we my whole point of this exercise is like pre-orders are bullshit (laughs) i don't know dude like if you like austin storms uh, had a good tweet thread yesterday like if the price stays static 
and the S19 XPs deliver on their efficiency and their terahash per second delivered. Yeah, what Neil said. I mean, they have like they're only. But Marty, like, how many bends have how many how many bends have gone out about supply chain issues and how we're fucked on the supply chain? But like, okay. Bitcoin mining is like big. Bitcoiners are like everything is going to be fucked with the supply chain. And it's only going to get worse from here, except for ASIC deliveries. Those are magically all going to complete. Well, you have to rent the space on the floor before you have to put the money up. So if you put the money up, you're going to get the space on the floor. It's the way I understand it. And they're only able to do these pre-orders if they have the space on the floor to then go produce it. The question is, are they no, producing? So Bitmain is acting ethically and they're making sure <laughs> that they can actually deliver these well, miners, That's, a, that's uh, another good point. To marathon too. before they make the order. Apparently behind the scenes too, there is a Bitman and TSMC have some uh, squabbles to figure out. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, Joe? Neil's got it. I mean, I mean, obviously the the black swan in the room is if something happens with Taiwan, like yeah, then it's well yeah. dramatically under. Yeah, and then you see, but that's why another, well, that's another thing, but 2021 that was actually very bullish to see is that you have Samsung, TSMC, probably noticing, number one, the supply supply chain constraints. Uh, number two, specifically for TSMC, the looming threat of China uh, taking over Taiwan, uh, diversifying their operations outside of Southeast Asia. So hopefully, I mean, Samsung announced they're going to be building their foundry in Taylor, Texas. Hopefully, it'll be live by 2024, 2025. TSMC. 2030. TSMC's got their Arizona <laughs> foundry being spun up. Um, and so, that long term, this is in 2022, but long term, that should help the ASIC supply uh, crunch, supply chain crunch. Uh, and these things are being worked on. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Look, I'm going to operate under the assumption that every single supply chain that we interact with, including Bitcoin mining uh, hardware is going to be uh, significantly affected going forward and it's going to get worse. Um, and if that's not the case, then awesome. Mm. You know, but like Marty's complaining about like his like furniture getting delivered. And like, prepare, I just feel like prepare for the worst expect or uh, be, I feel be like 20 X of fucking brand new Bitmain miners that don't exist yet is going to be even more delayed than uh, yeah. furniture. This is why I'm a micro BT maximalist. Uh, they, I, I argue create a writer product, number one, and number two, have less political risks due to the fact that um, their foundry is in South Korea and not Taiwan. Yeah. But they're all Chinese, right? I believe micro BT is re-domiciling outside of China. Like, where is his family located? <sighs> I don't, I'm not... I don't know. And even if I did, I would probably imagine it. <laughs> Let me put it this way. We might not know where his family's located, but the Chinese government does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I shouldn't be laughing about that, but it's important to laugh about this. I mean, and there is rumors. I mean, I feel comfortable saying this because uh, Chad from, uh, who's the CEO of Windstone, which is Riot's largest facility, uh, hinted at the Houston meetup in November that there are apparently, and we've heard this, throughout the last decade and change in Bitcoin, the ASIC producers on U.S. soil that are looking to bring ASICs to market, whether or not 
that comes to fruition is uh, yeah, like Foundation Devices' previous company that was fucking horrible. Obelisk. But if you go listen to the episode with Zach, he described the problems that happened there, and that was uh, just casually forked the algorithm, yeah. ricked a bunch of fucking was, bitmate miners. What was the coin that they were? Uh, it was Sia. Sia. So fucked up. Yeah. Look up freaks. Go look up. Look up the fork drama with Sia and Obelisk. And the SIA team like made uh, they made ASICs that were fucking shit, and they were late. They looked nice, but they were late and they were inefficient. And so instead, they had a backdoor algorithm that they switched to, and they forked out all the Bitmain ASICs. Not a not an ideal situation if you're an ASIC provider. And then they closed down that company, and then they moved down the street and created Foundation Devices. Hey, hey, you. That is exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> is was Zach the the main Your decision maker? Was Zach the main decision maker there? No, um, he was. Up, I was on the top ish. Well, right? he got he got placed as the COO late in the game, and I think he might have been used as a patsy. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would. It's look. I, I, I think you know. I had Steve Lee on Dispatch, uh, and I mean, obviously, Block, formerly Square, is working on a open source ASIC design um, that's going to have like a more of a retail focus as well as like an industrial product. It seems like they're going to go in like two ways. It should be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, in the comments, we have some good. Uh, obviously the more ASIC producers, the better, like literally micro BT who we love is like, he's a former S9 designer. So really it's just like Bitmain one and two, right? It's just like, it's, you know, it's. And then obviously you have Canon, Canon, you have Minerva, you have those second, third tier ASIC providers. The Um, more producers, the better, obviously. Yeah. And like where it's a very low bar right now. Um, Marty, 200K by conference day, over on <laughs> I'll ask you that question. That's a, that's a question for you specifically, sir. Uh, April is four months. It is under, which is, no, we're not going to be over 200K by conference day. But that doesn't preclude me from two months before the conference going all caps and saying 200K by conference day. <laughs> um, Why repeat? Why repeat? Joe Rogan on TFTC in 2022. Joe Rogan doesn't go on many other podcasts. I will say no. I will say no. I'm going to go yes. I will say no. Because let memes be reality. You know, have some positivity. I mean, I would love. I mean, I'm just going based. I'm not even going to rehash my uh, prediction from the last year's last RHR because it's too spicy. That did not come true. Thank God. What was that? No, I'm not. I'm not going to say it. Pull the tapes. Uh, I'm not going to say it. (laughs) I'm not going to say it. If you go back. Maybe the freaks in the comments. Freaks remember. in the comments. If you know what his prediction was, go check the prediction. You're not going to be happy uh, if I re- if I rehash it. Um, I'm happy it didn't me? happen. Yes, you. Why would I be happy? Because now you got to tell us. You got to tell the freaks. I mean, it was in the midst of like. What month? It, I you said what is your prediction for 2021? I'm not going to say. Oh, I remember. Do not say that. Yes, yet. exactly. That was really bad. Exactly. Because then it happened like six days later. No, it didn't. Almost happened. It almost, almost happened. Almost, but it didn't. That was such a bad prediction. Do yes. not say it. Thank yeah, exactly. You, you exactly. See, Marty's grown tremendously. Over <laughs> He's grown, grown tremendously. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. That was a horrible prediction. Um, uh, one sap per bite confirmed next block, December 1, 2022. Yes or no? Confirmed next block or 
within 144. I would say within 144. Ah, it was a hard one. Mm. I got, I mean, I was, I had, I went on sessions, uh, uh, why we're bullish, uh, Christmas special with Pierre and Francis and Elise. And we basically all agreed that the, 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 the fee thing this year completely caught us off guard. Like I did not expect to spend this whole year being able to just do one separate bite pretty much next block on, on consistent. Well, like what is I the, was wrong. We were is, wrong. What is the main driver of that? I think I have an idea. I'm interested. We were in fucking yours. wrong. Well, why? Why were we wrong? Because we weren't factoring in the fact that blockchain.com accounts for one third no. of all the transactions. Yes, dude. They implemented Segwit. <sighs> no. That's one third of, of every. All, don't use blockchain.com. No, obvious, but it's crazy. That it's Which still it's like one third of every about. transaction emanates from one of their wallets and they finally well, implemented no, it's Segwit. Like their API, a lot of wallets use their API as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, still. Um, like, don't use a wallet that uses their API. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack comes on. Jack, if you're listening, the invite is always open. Yeah. This is why it's Dorsey and Mahler's. I wouldn't be surprised if both both Jacks come Well, at, at East Guy, in his defense, put at Jack, which is Jack's. I know, but the podcast freaks don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, look, we were getting like kind of like a remblance of a fee market happening. And then the Chinese mining. Thing happened. Uh, the Chinese mining restrictions happened, and then all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden, the the fee market completely dropped off a cliff. Now, there's two theories there. Uh, Pierre made a very interesting theory. I, I like the pull. Is, I like the pull pushing fees up theory. I like that one. Yeah. So, I my theory has always been that the that the miners were playing games and trying to like simulate a fee market to, to get paid more because. If they mine their own transactions, they don't have to pay the fee, regardless of how high the fee is. Um, but what Pierre mentioned, which was interesting, is the Chinese OTC market got completely crushed during that mining ban. And that OTC market was always settling on chain. So there could be an argument there, at least that there was, there was some connection there of, of Chinese on-chain demand uh, decreasing. Um, this also reminds me of one of my favorite moments of of 2021 was when Wang Chun took a F2 pool 9,000 <laughs> Bitcoin UTXO from donated a legacy one. address, donated to uh, Luke Dash Jr.'s legacy address. One of the guys who championed Segwit, but sent it to his legacy address, paid zero fee because he mined it to his own, mined it with his own pool. Just like fucking a G move. Yeah, fucking unreal. That it's was great. L- it's Luke Jasher, Dasher. Pair of Jackson it's Luke Dash Jr. No, it's Luke Dasher. It's Dude. literally spelled Luke it, Dash That's how Jr. it's spelled, but it's pronounced Luke Dasher. Look, you know, I don't play by nobody's rules. <laughs> you don't play by nobody's rules? It's very New York. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, I switch it back and forth. Luke Dasher makes no sense, though. So I, I'm right now, I'm going to just hold the line. So. Okay, all right. You hold the line. Nydig, NYDig. We should car go back and just pull clips of just us pronouncing things differently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another uh, smaller theme, but one that I'm very happy to see: the growth of Bitcoin meetups, particularly BitDevs meetups around the country. Massive, yeah. yeah it's been uh, been beautiful to see. It's been very big. Yeah. What do you think about putting Sailor? On? I think we put. Uh, hey, do I not get any credit for putting Sailor on the spot too? He, he called me paranoid. Well, he said about key custody, but yeah, you yeah. put him on the spot about the mining council that disappeared. 
It's still around. I know, but they like they got scared and walked, you know, they like they they're they're hiding a little bit. Yeah. Does Sailor self custody in twenty twenty two? Uh, uh no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard for both. I mean, I mean definitely not micro strategy. I mean square self gonna, square self custodies. Every major exchange self custodies. Like all these fucking new coiners out there that are like Oh, it's too difficult. They have too much money. Like FTX fucking does it. Binance does it. Bitfinex does it. Coinbase does it. Fucking Tether does it. And the whole U.S. government apparatus wants to fucking kill them. You know, like they, they're it's all possible. doing it. It's very possible. There's plenty and, of examples. And, you know, maybe like somewhere, like once you pass like the $300 million stack, like it becomes like worth it to, you know, like invest a little bit of time and money into doing it. Uh but, you know, if, if they want to get wrecked, they can get wrecked. I don't fucking care. It's just going to be frustrating if the first country and the first company uh, to adopt a Bitcoin standard uh, both end up getting fucked over by third party risk. Like, I just don't feel like just like explaining it, explaining the nuances of that situation. But uh, if they want to, so be it. Hey, it's your Bitcoin. I'm done on that point. Well, it's not your Bitcoin yet. It's your exposure to Bitcoin. Yeah, BitMEX has always done it. Uh, the fall BitMEX, that happened this year too. Yeah, that was rough. It was rough. Shout out to BitMEX. Shout out to Arthur. No, it didn't happen this year. It happened September of last year. Oh, yeah, that's true. It feels like it was this year. Hottest prediction for 2022. Hmm. No, this is when Marty got in trouble last time. Oh, I'm not gonna. Not I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna get that hot. <laughs> I'm not gonna get that hot. I'm gonna be optimistic this year. I'm moving into it's an optimistic. Like six days before the fucking thing. So bad. <laughs> uh, now you're alluding to it. I'm alluding to it. That. I mean, I, I know you didn't. You weren't involved. It just was horrible. <laughs> of course, it was. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, just dodged a bullet on that one. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did. Um, we did. You're in this with me. You're in the trenches here. Yeah. Hottest, hottest prediction of 2022. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's like a hot prediction in that it's unforeseen or unpredictable. But I think 2022 will be the year that Bitcoin really gets recognized as super collateral and it gets implemented into more traditional financial products as super collateral. What does that mean? There will be more products that sort of bridge the uh, fiat world and the Bitcoin world with Bitcoin being an integral part of some sort of financial product as a form of and like, what, Give me an example. Uh, I mean, so what, like, Unchained, HODL, HODL, those use Bitcoin. So more as, of that. Yes, but from players outside of the Bitcoin. Like world. Santander or something doing it. Yeah, I'm not going to say Santander specifically, but... Did you see the airdropped accidentally, like, fucking... No. Hundreds, hundreds of millions of pounds on, on on user accounts during Christmas, and now they have to claw it all back? Oh, that, that's where you go right into Bitcoin. That's what I was thinking, <laughs> Santander. It just was, like, on my head. Um, it's, it's Santander. Do we get a second? Whatever. Santander. Whatever. Don't lecture me on pronunciation. <laughs> oh, I'm the last uh, person to be able to do that. Don't worry. Uh... It's really underscored how much you should not be. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that one. Is there a second country? Do we get a second legal tender country this year? I wouldn't be surprised. 
I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with yes too. But with that being said, I thought it was going to happen pretty quickly after El Salvador did it. I was was a bit surprised. Yeah, I mean, I thought another company was going to come after Tesla too. I was all caps about that. Mm. Yeah, gradually then suddenly. Um, Go like three comments back. There was an interesting one there that escaped my mind. Um, I I escaped my mind. Uh, Most dire prediction of 2022. Uh, I like the one by Rude Egan. Price rise. 2022, a stealthy whale will be exposed and it will be Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Winfrey. Yeah, I don't, yeah. You get a set and you get a set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Jay Z's already out. He already owns yeah, Bitcoin. Jay-Z has- yeah. Um, the most dire prediction of 2022, I don't even say it's dire, but one um, sort of course of events. Yeah, Jay-Z donated 250 Bitcoin to African and Indian development. Yeah. Um, one course of events that I could see playing out in 2022. Not saying this is going to happen. We could stay flat for uh, 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 the foreseeable future from a price perspective. But if the price does run, let's say it runs to six figures, let's say it runs above 100K to 200K by conference day or something like that. I could Just see something like that. I could see the U.S. government <laughs> uh, being very reactionary and coming down with some, again, reactionary regulations, yeah. maybe like stop people from taking Bitcoin off exchanges. Um, like if the price runs pretty hot, I would not be surprised that we have some... Registering addresses. Yeah, some something like that. Sin taxes on, on Bitcoin holders specifically. Uh, they tax you on Bitcoin holdings. Yeah, retroactively. Um, like in addition to... You know, like some kind of unrealized capital gains, kind of syntax type of thing. Yeah. They'll call it like for the good of the country tax or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I forgot. Are are you having Lowry on? Uh, not after this week's back and forth. Uh, and it's um, not. And it's because I mean, I, uh, describe for any of you freaks who may not be aware of what happened on Twitter this week. I just like. Jason Lowry, who is an individual who's part of the Space Force, which is an extension of the U.S. military, has come out with these theories and uh, part of the Air Force, and he's just putting these theories out there. That I just like, want to combat, like, hey, like Bitcoin uh, holders are not getting debased by the subsidy. Everybody knows that there's 21 million Bitcoin, and I'm actually happy you brought this up because I was having shower thoughts about this yesterday and like trying to steal, man. Like everybody knows there's 21 million Bitcoin, and we have examples of this in Bitcoin's history of when you're stacking Bitcoin, you're in my mind, at least I'm like, all right, how much of the 21 million supply am I getting? And remember back in like 2013, 2014, 20 through 16, there was a 21 club where like it was a goal of people to get 21 Bitcoin, knowing that you'd have 0.01% of the overall network. And that was like a goal in that cultural movement to get to the 21 club is a signal to me that most people understand that there's going to be 21 million Bitcoin in existence. Yes, there only may be 19 million that have been distributed to the market now, but like everybody's stacking in mind that they're getting a portion of the 21 million. So Bitcoin being dispersed to the market via the subsidy uh, and that is still around and occurring every block is not a debasement of current holders because most current holders uh, are understanding that they're trying to stack a, a portion of the overall 21 quadrillion sat that will ever be distributed. Um, and then beyond that, like a hard transaction fees taxes, no, like it's voluntary 
Somebody's holding a gun to your head. Yeah. And I regret bringing it up. We shouldn't even, I like, I was having a good time. I mean, yeah, this is, um, I was just really, I was just curious because I know that but the point was, I the, was, Jason the plan was, was in place, right? We, and then he we, pulled out. Is that what happened? Well, I think we came to a mutual agreement in DMs. And yeah, I like Jason. I think he has good thoughts. I think he's. Uh, I mean, I saw it publicly on Twitter. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do this, then I'm out. And yeah. That's what I saw. And yeah, you're like, mean, okay, fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not here to like. <laughs> I'm here to have intellectual conversations about this. And that's what I wanted to engage in is like an earnest conversation about these topics. And obviously he works for the U.S. military, the federal government. And I mean, have, he's literally a professional spook, like LinkedIn, like he's very qualified in that re- regard. I mean, he's just literally a spook in that he works for the government. It's transparent. Is it but like, like he's I, like worked for like every agency or whatever. I like prefer a tra- transparent spook versus like a, a yeah, he's like subversive. Super, he's super qualified. And my, but my goal is to turn the spook into a Bitcoiner, right? Like everybody's like, oh, spook, spook, spook. Like imagine if we can turn the spooks into Bitcoiners and the spooks turn around to the spook masters and say, fuck you. That's what I want. Oh, this, okay. I mean, your terminology needs some work, but I, can, hey, I mostly got it. That's why I have you here. Yeah. I mean, the freaks could help with that, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I would, like spook masters, like who were they? <laughs> it sounds like the worst movie ever. <laughs> um, fuck. What was I, what, I don't even remember what I was going to. Well, I, I will wrap, tie this particular subject up with, I like Jason. I, we, we've had earnest conversations and DMs and I will respect like, yeah, he's an individual who's got a job and um, has certain things that he's allowed to talk about. And I, and I said it in that thread, it's public. So I feel comfortable saying it here. It's like, I like it is a tell that you can't have these open conversations about these differing political philosophies. Um, if not, like, I do not want somebody to come on the podcast that is trying to give me a very constricted framework of discussion that we're allowed to have. I guess that's all I'll say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You brought it I, up. You brought it up. I, yeah, I guess I did. I regret it. Um, Where can we go now? Uh, In plain sight. <laughs> um, did I it, just, it just, to me, it seems like it's an operation. You know, it seems like the most obvious operation. And like, on this airwaves, like for better or worse, we've talked about many different convoluted theories uh, involved with uh, attacking the average man. And like guy on LinkedIn who's been in every single intelligence agency just coming out of the game, just being like, Bitcoin is violent. <laughs> we as Bitcoiners are violent individuals. And just like tweeting it out and just getting retweets and getting exposures. It's like, come on, man. Like, really? Well, that's like, that's what leads me to believe. Like either it's a very sloppy or it's just naivety. Yeah. But like, why is that, that gets a benefit of the doubt, but not the convoluted theory. You yeah. know, it's like that one is like, they're trying to control us. But yeah. like, this is. Yeah. Like, like, uh, SB like, would said, you have Klaus Schwab on the pod? If it's just to berate him, like, just literally be like, you are evil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Klaus, um, if you're listening, the invite is open. Are you going to the WEF sponsored consensus? Uh, no. Coindesk in Austin? I'll be at Bitblock Moon. Is it? No, it's, it's a different time. Oh, I thought they were going on in parallel. 
No, he's doing like a side event during consensus that is like a big block boom side event. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to sabotage. Yeah. Like everybody, no, sh- everybody was shitting on Jack Mallers before he went to the IMF event. Uh, like, oh, what are you doing? Did you watch him? Yeah, he went and like shit on them. It was great. I haven't watched it yet. I mean, obviously he was going to shit on them. We all knew that. Yeah. I think even the haters knew that. They were just like, why would you enable them by shitting on them? Yeah. Like, I think like, I think everyone in the suit is going to shit on them. Yeah, I, I mean. I, don't I didn't realize it was a remote event, but that actually makes a lot of sense. But uh, I did not watch it. I mean, consensus, I've never officially gone to consensus. I've just poached people who go to consensus that are Bitcoiners to come on the podcast and go to the events and shit on shitcoiners. And that's always been my consensus modus operandi. Yeah, I mean, usually it's like super expensive. I went, the only time I ever went was I, I had a uh, Bitcoiner hand me a, a pass that was in the garbage. Uh, and it <laughs> like said, it said that I was a, uh, that I worked for PwC. So all the suits <laughs> at consensus were like, Oh, like, do you want to hear about my blockchain? Well, this is a good like, story. Ah. Is, did you go, was PwC the, uh, the big four auditor that, uh, invited you and popper to an event where you guys both spoke? Was that PwC? Who was that? No, we spoke at a GE event. GE, GE. Really? I thought it was yeah, they were doing firm. something for their young executives to tell them about the future of fintech. Yeah, tell that story like for the freaks. 2014 or something. Tell that story for the freaks who haven't heard it. That's a good story. Oh, I just I was a young I was a young bitcoiner and I was just like learning about knowing your audience. And I didn't know my audience, so I told them about how like Iranians were going to use it to <laughs> to circumvencations and shit. And you called Popper out too, didn't you? Like at yeah, he was chilling his book. He had his book, Digital Gold. I like Digital which, Gold. It was good. Yeah, for me. except he didn't buy any Digital Gold, and now he's salty as fuck because it was like two hundred dollars when he fucking published the published the book. It was two hundred dollars Bitcoin, and now the rest is history. So because the New York Times, you got to be ethical. Yeah, uh, disclaimer. Can't be biased, even though he only owns U.S. dollars. Yeah, disclaimer. Uh, at one point at TFTC, we did own Bitcoin, but we lost it all in a boating accident. I actually lost it in a tragic goading accident. A goading accident? You're riding goats? Was it? Did you, did you see <laughs> Gigi's post? No. no. Uh, he just like he just posted a picture of a goat ramming a woman, and he was like, "Lost my Bitcoin in a tragic goading accident." <laughs> <laughs> Gigi. Um, got yeah, I mean, there. I don't remember what I was going to bring up before we. Got on the spook conversation. 2022 so. dire predictions. 2022. Uh, op- let's give optimistic predictions. Let's try to end this. We've, we're almost two hours in. Yeah, let's be. I'm happy to have you freaks here. Thank you for coming. Uh, it was an incredible year of growth for TFTC. Downloads wise, audience wise, uh, maturity wise, as Matt alluded to earlier. I'm, I'm learning how to self, not self-censor, but pick my battles. Yes. Pick my battles. Uh, on the airwaves, like, yeah. I have my moments. I'm trying my best here. For I think it's low time preference. Mm. Yeah, I do as well. Like trying not to say things that might be used against you in the court of law. Yeah, uh, now you're freaking me out. Optimistic, optimistic, I, intentionally. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's been a great, great year, family wise. I've got another one on the way. It's been uh, a good year. Yeah, yeah it's um. It's, but it's been a good year for us. Tough year for others. Hopefully, uh, tough year for a lot of people, man. Yeah. Hopefully, we. I can, think. Uh, I think we're. We should. 
like try and focus on you know i don't know i feel like recently the pod or the show has been a little bit uh gloomy yes bitcoin like i'm super grateful like this this christmas this new year's like i'm just overwhelmed by being grateful and happy and fortunate and it's uh i feel like we don't vocalize that enough i know we should we like open up the show and just like here's why you should be mad and why things are bad and shit yeah um 2022 the year that tftc focuses on the optimistic because that that is it it's hope don't let uh, 2019 was all hope I'm 2019 the rabbit hole was all hope. 2020, like early 2020, it was like all hope. And then like we let like the COVID crazy bullshit like just derail the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And we're I not going like to 2022 to be like a back to the. Back to the hope. A new hope. A new hope. 2022. Sats Wars. I've definitely heard that. Isn't that like a Star Wars or something? That was the original Star Wars. It was A New Hope. A New Hope, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Marty's like, "Ah, yeah, I thought of it. It's like so unique, just like Tales from the Crypt. Like like, all by myself, (laughs) just in the shower one day, I thought of the name. Yeah. (laughs) There's a... 2022 is probably the year we move away from Tales from the Crypt, just in case we get big enough where... Yeah, it should be... It's been TFTC for a minute now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get away... Uh, just to prevent a uh, cease and desist from HBO. Um, so expect Still that. think it'd be great publicity. Yeah, but I, I sometimes wake up at night like, what if HBO's like, we need all the revenue that you've made <laughs> off of Tales from the Crypt? Well, TFTC. Yeah, TFTC. TFTC. Don't, don't say this shit on air, Marty. <laughs> I can't help it. I love you, HBO. And it's <laughs> it's an homage. It's an homage. They're AT and T now. Are they AT and T now? Corporation in the They're AT and T now. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, we're gonna do more video. We're gonna tighten this up. We're gonna have uh, tales from the corn. T a i l s. The uh, the why Bitcoin podcast. That doesn't fit. Um, we're gonna have a rebrand too. We're working on a, an aesthetic rebrand. We're gonna turn it up here. Yeah, we, we got a, car. Car is a big deal. We got Thank car. You car. Appreciate yeah. you. How can we? Oh God, thank God we didn't stop recording before. Uh, thanking. Thank God we got car Neil to tell us that we got car. We got car. <laughs> Laid out onto the team in 2021. 2022 is going to be a big year. We're going to up the production value. We're going to up the the focus on optimistic hope. We're gonna we're gonna turn it up. We're gonna keep bringing you the content that we <laughs> believe you freezes there. <laughs> Uh, should we wrap it up? Are we dying yeah. here? I love you guys. Um, I love you freaks. Happy New Year to you all. Uh, be grateful. Be appreciative. Treat your fellow human with love and respect. Don't stop stacking. Cheers. I love you freaks. Peace and love.